All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell, good. Eddie Ortiz, yo, yo, the yo. one and only Gat is also here running the boards, running the sound for us, making us sound as good as we possibly can, which I can't imagine is an easy job, but nevertheless, she takes it on every single week, and we appreciate her. We appreciate Clay Windler for everything he does. We got a great night for you guys. Let me just put it like that. Um, we have our guy. You guys know You guys know this guy. He's the pride of Arrowhead Pride, as I always like to say, Mr. Kent Swanson. He will be here joining us in just a few minutes, and I cannot wait to pick his brain on a few things, a few Chiefs-related topics. I, have, I feel like I got a few good questions for my guy. I, I think that uh, you know I might keep him on his toes a little bit. I even forewarned him yesterday when we were having our little text thread back and forth. I'm like, just, just stand your toes, Kent, because... I, I, you know, as much media as you do, I think that, you know, the spoken might keep you on your toes a little bit more than other people because we like to keep things a little bit more on the edgy side. But again, thank you all for being here. We appreciate all the all the listeners, all the viewers. Uh, we don't do this without you guys because, quite frankly, it wouldn't be fun. We love getting all the reception that we get from you guys each and every week in the group and on uh, all social media platforms. We definitely appreciate all you guys. How's everybody doing tonight? Everybody having a fun uh, fun week? I feel exhausted. like, th- yeah, exhausted. I feel like everyone's exhausted just from yeah. the. The holidays, yeah. not so much holidays. Like we get to hang out, but we don't get to hang out. Like it's just like this mixed bag of emotions we're all handling. This heat is killing me, man. It's a killer for sure, man. But uh, glad to be here. We are very much glad to be here. This is our our relief of the week for sure. But I'm going to start with something in particular. To me, there are no consequences, coincidences in life. I came to that belief and conclusion very early for different reasons that I believe at this time. Nevertheless, my belief that there are no coincidences didn't change or waver. Coincidences is defined as a remarkable occurrence of events or circumstances without apparent casual connection. Sure, life can hand some of us better opportunities and others a myriad of difficult challenges. But in my opinion, overall, we create our own path. We make our own fate. Someone who I look to as a prime example for why I believe the way I do in regards to coincidence is none other than Lee Steinberg. In case you aren't aware as to who Lee Steinberg is, you may know him as Patrick Mahomes' longtime agent. Side note, Lee Steinberg actually retweeted my video of Mahomes dicing up the defense in his rookie training camp, so it's safe to say that Mr. Steinberg is 100% friend of the show. (laughs) Steinberg has clearly hitched his wagon to the Mahomes train and will continue to build a a lasting legacy as the agent of the greatest talent we have ever seen at the quarterback position in NFL history. But there was a previous reason as to why some of you may have heard of Lee Steinberg, and you may not even realize why. In December of 1996, just under a year and a half after Patrick Mahomes was born, a big-time feature film came out titled Jerry Maguire that starred A-list actor Tom Cruise. 
For those that still haven't seen this incredible film, the story is about a man named Jerry Maguire who is a man who knows the score, a top agent at Sports Management International. Jerry is unquestionably a master at his universe. Trouble is, Jerry's mind and soul are usually an automatic pilot, are usually on automatic pilot. He's good at friendship, but as his numerous ex-girlfriends testify, bad at intimacy. Still, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Jerry that a sudden dose of failure can't cure. A week after spontaneously writing a stirring, visionary mission statement for SMI titled The Things We Think and Do and Not Say, The Future of Our Business, he's unceremoniously fired afterward. Stripped of his job and a good measure of his identity, the tenacious but hanging by a thread Jerry is forced to start from scratch. He's joined on this journey to redemption by two unlikely allies. Rod Tidwell, not Twidwell, let's, let's specify, Rod Tidwell, a second-tier wide receiver by the Arizona Cardinals, and Dorothy Boyd, a wistful 26-year-old single mother who departs from her uh, accountancy position with SMI for uncertain future with her new boss, Jerry Maguire. Sounds pretty interesting, huh? I think Lee Steinberg would agree because it's the story based on his life and career. And let me clarify that this movie and character was loosely based upon the life of Career and Steinberg. But even he, in his recent years and in interviews, has stated on a number of occasions that he expects and almost anticipates that no matter where he's at, at the airport, a Super Bowl party, what have you, someone recognizes him and will chant those famous four words, show me the money. Even after 24 years... Steinberg gets to revisit the glory of the fourth most successful romantic comedy in box office history. With the highs came the lows for one Lee Steinberg. Admitting himself the struggle he has had with alcoholism and his business going bankrupt, it's safe to say that Steinberg, up to just a few years ago, was spiraling and it looked as if once a, as, as what a, once a great story, loosely based on him or not, was becoming merely a thing of the past. That was until Steinberg landed him a client that would inevitably become the face of the NFL and the centerpiece of the greatest team in the NFL today and for years to come, one Patrick LeVon Mahomes. And now a decade after the universe seemingly turned on Mr. Steinberg, the perception quickly began to look as if that same exact universe gave him the ultimate gift. And at 71 years of age, Steinberg has found his second wind. Even though he, was, he has represented countless high-profile pro, athletes be, before Mahomes was even born, Steinberg admits himself that he has spent his entire career waiting patiently to represent a man and athlete like Patrick Mahomes. Which is why I don't think it's a coincidence at all that the man whose life helped coin the phrase, show me the money, is the same man who helped ship, steer, and direct Patrick Mahomes into landing the biggest, most unprecedented contract in the history of American sports. Lee Steinberg hasn't done it all correctly, but he never gave up. Even at his lowest point, he didn't quit. And because of that fact, because of his determination, Lee Steinberg's swan song will be sung loudly within the confines of Arrowhead Stadium for at least the next 12 years. I guess you could say that Patrick Mahomes puts a bow on this incredible story of Lee Steinberg that still has so much still ahead of it. And I'm willing to bet that if you asked Steinberg himself and what Mahomes means to him, he would probably quote the Hollywood version of himself and say, you complete me. 
And it all be- and it all became possible because Steinberg looked in the mirror and told himself, help me help you. Got out of the mud, cleaned himself up, and got back on top once again like few ever do. Cheers to Bob Sugar on that one. We might be asking, you might be asking yourself, why in the week of such an incredible story of Mahomes resetting the market unlike anything we've ever seen, in, not only in KC, but in our entire country and in the sports landscape, I'm kicking things off by talking about someone few Chiefs fans really know or understand. But I hope that you now understand how important everyone around Patrick Mahomes has been, how it truly does take a team to make these types of once thought unthinkable moments in history become reality. Because once again, there are no coincidences. And Lee Jerry Maguire Steinberg is proof of that. And I'm going to leave it right there. And we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're doing what I've been looking forward to all week long. We are talking to our guy, the pride of Arrowhead Pride, Mr. Kent Swanson. Mr. Kent Ron Swanson himself is getting on the show. His middle name, I believe, is R, so I'm going to go with Ron on that one. But nevertheless, my guy's coming on the show, and he's about to drop some freaking knowledge. I hope you guys are pumped. I'm pumped as hell to get my guy back on the show. Usually we like to have him in studio. We'll take just the voice. I'm good with it. So we'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCPN studios, my guys, Trevor Twidwell, Mr. Eddie Ortiz, and Mrs. Gat, obviously, in the backdrop. We have ourselves a, I would I would still consider him a, a special guest. I mean, he's ne- he's definitely a guest, but he's also a friend of the show. And, and he's might one of the... make him a host. Yeah, I mean, he might as well just take stock in the Spoken <laughs> Podcast now. Because he's practically been on the show as many times as all of us. Because it's peaking, baby. So nevertheless, let me introduce my guy, my friend, the pride of Arrowhead Pride, Mr. Kent Swanson. Kent, how are we doing tonight, buddy? I'm still waiting on my first residual check. <laughs> Dude, it's in the mail. Like, did you change your address? Lance, you've been saying it's in the mail for five months. I'm like, okay, I'm like the uncle that says, hey, I got your birthday present, and it's it's in the mail. It's Amazon. It's it's They, they got some clutter going on. I'm that guy. So <laughs> just anticipate it by the time, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes' new contract's up. Does that sound good? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that would uh, – do I get in, do I get interest on that there, over the course of the next 12 years? Because, I mean, if that's the case, then, I mean, it, I'd be sitting pretty here by the end of this. Let's just make it a 15% interest just for, you know, shits and giggles of the, of the actual numerical value of that number in Kansas City. Does that sound all right? That's perfect. All right. Sounds good. All right, well, speaking of the contract, let's start there, man. Uh, to me, when it comes to good business, both parties involved have to do – have to, in their own way, come to an adequate compromise uh, for both sides to, for it to make sense and be happy. Kent, 10 years, 12 years of team control, $477 million in guaranteed mechanisms, $503 million in total value. Let's begin right there. 
Was this the best contract possible for both sides? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's wild the way, like the way I look at this whole thing. I feel like the co- I feel like the negotiation was about as amicable as it possibly could have been. Like it feels like they just kind of all just went on like a, a retreat together, hung out, and they just maybe hammered some numbers out here or there. Like I don't know if there was like any point of contention at all the way it looks because the entire structure of the contract. I think both sides are thrilled, like absolutely thrilled, because Mahomes like this guarantee mechanisms. The, the way you look at these guarantee mechanisms, it's like. Basically, it's legit guarantees. Like Patrick Mahomes is going to make four hundred seventy-seven million dollars out of this, or four hundred fifty with however many Super Bowls and however many MVPs he gets. But if you look at it from the Chiefs' perspective, it is like structured beautifully for them to contend in the quote-unquote rookie window still, but still make Patrick Mahomes happy for a long time. I the whole structure is brilliant. It's going to put a lot of pressure on the rest of the quarterback markets. And it, honestly, it feels like they just sat around and ate bonbons and hammered this out. Like, there was no <laughs> – like, it just feels very, like – I don't know. Everybody seems very happy with how this whole thing went out. I, th- I think especially you. Uh, I think you take the cake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, just in the inflection of your voice alone, my, my guy, I, I think there's no mystery as to who's the happiest. I mean, if we did, like, a, I, an actual ranking, it's like you 1A, <laughs> Patrick's bank account 1B – Chiefs 1C, and then everybody else. I, I just signed on to cover the Chiefs for another 12 years. That's basically <laughs> what happens. So, yeah, no, we're, we're good. Uh, could, you, could you see a, a way in which, and let's say in like six years, the Chiefs have won a few more Super Bowls. Mahomes has been in his prime now for about a year or two, which means he's putting up staggering numbers, and it's safe to assume he'll win a couple more MVPs in the process like you just alluded to. Could you see a scenario in which the Chiefs and Mahomes revisit this contract and the conversation and add a few more years and dollars to it? And how do you see this contract playing out exactly, Ken? I mean, it's going to happen. I think they're going to extend him at some point. I don't know how early it's going to be. The weird thing about it is, is like, I don't know. Maybe Mahomes feels differently after two more rings. I don't know. But it really does feel like he's just chasing this legacy. And I think he I don't think he's a guy that's gonna come to the renegotiation table and ask for more and more and more for the next, you know, twelve years. I think he'll probably get an extension at some point and he'll probably restructure some things here and there to make things a little bit more easier for them to navigate this thing. But on honestly, like I at some point at some point enough's enough, I think, for him. And it feels like half a billion dollars might be enough for him. I don't know. So it's kind of it's it's very unique to look at this whole situation. It really makes me think that Mahomes is actually chasing a dynasty. He's not as interested in the money, even though it's a half a billion dollar contract. I know that sounds weird to say, but I don't think it's just gonna him gonna be him money grabbing for the next you know ten years either. It's it's perfect. It's it's a. It, I'm telling you, like from both sides, this makes just way too much sense. Can can you do this? Can you do me a favor? Because I seem I, for some reason I can't get the point across. Can you can you please explain to the fans that this contract, although astronomical in totality in both years and dollars, does not prohibit or essentially kill the Chiefs' ability to obtain and maintain a winning team around Mahomes? Can you do that for me, please? Uh, is this a problem? Like, are you having this problem, dude? I. I- <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 man, look, I, I, I'm literally painting the picture for people. I'm literally presenting it to him like, look at this photograph. And no one's getting it. 
Look, no one's um, getting it. He backed that like, contract for a reason. I just like honestly, like you might just want to cut weight with those people. Like just, <laughs> just look, it up as an look, look, yeah, they they're gonna need to hold this up. Um, <laughs> look, you have the best player in the world, and it's like you have the best player in the world before he's even hit his peak. Like there is no comp for him. He is unprecedented football player. And he is going to mask the deficiencies of your football team. He took a team without a defense in his uh, basically rookie year and was on the doorstep of going to the Super Bowl. And guess what? He was going to beat the Rams. And he wasn't going to let that one slide. So they were D Ford's helmet away from going to the Super Bowl with one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. He doesn't need the world around him. What you do need to do is you need to put an offense around him consistently. You just need to overcome, like, be overzealous with acquiring offensive talent. Make that strength a strength. Maintain a top three offense. Offense wins championships now anyway. And let Steve Spagnuolo figure it out with whatever he's got over there or whoever's Brendan Daly next. I don't care. All I know is having the best player in the world at the contract that he's at, especially – People don't think about the people don't think about the fact that Lamar Jackson, who is not remotely close to Patrick LeVon McHolmes, cannot hold a candle to the man as a complete football player. I'm sorry, that's how good Pat is. It's not even slandering Lamar. But Lamar's gonna go and he's gonna get paid. He's gonna go negotiate. He's gonna come to the table with the Patrick Mahomes deal and say, I want this plus five percent. And that's an advantage for the Chiefs because that ASC opponent can't go out and get the guy that they need to go help them get over the hump and finally beat Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Mm. Everything is perfect for this team. And this precedent that they're setting with, with Mahomes, they're either forcing the rest of the NFL to look at their quarterback in the eye and say, yeah, but you're not this guy, or they're going to force them to pay him similarly, and then that's an advantage for the Chiefs. I mean, it's it, people, don't be so short-sighted with this. Don't look at half a billion dollars, oh, my God, and then just think all of a sudden, like, there's not some nuance here. You know, I'm a little offended, Kent, that you know you, you talk you talk about you know Lamar Jackson like that because my my number one source is uh, Rob Ninkovich, and <laughs> according to him, you know, I should Yo, I should Rob, be taking Lamar over Patrick if I'm building a franchise, bro. Because Rob, Rob yards per carry. Probably, he probably had a he probably had a TV twelve hat on. Let's just be honest, <laughs> while he was in that conversation, and also like. I mean, all these, all these Tom, all these Tom guys, all these Patriot guys are all Tommy. out here. They're shaking, bro. They are terrified because Tom is Tom's gonna get dethroned like in twelve years. Like we're coming. How ironic is that? Twelve years it takes to dethrone Tom Brady, number TB twelve. We might see Bill. We might see Bill really frown here mm. before mm. it's all said and done. How ironic no, would be if he smiled because of it? Because he frowns all the time, he actually might flip it on us and give us a smile. I could see Bill. I could see Bill like I don't know. Bill's a weird dude. <laughs> like he might kind of like it. Well, speaking, you brought up the the defensive side of things with with Spagnolo and 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 what's going on on that side of the ball. I mean, Kent, you know we have to bring this up because now that this contract is official with Patrick Mahomes, the number one question now remains. What does this mean for Chris Jones? Uh, you know, you've been on the show before, and you've you've talked about this. You know, and you've given us your thoughts, your opinions of what you think is going to take place, and what you anticipate with Chris Jones. I mean, has your stance changed at all? Or are you still expected to be the way it's looking as it's going to be ultimately going for Chris Jones and the Chiefs? 
Yeah, I'm going to shamelessly plug the Arrowhead Pride podcast Do show it. right now uh, because we just had Trez on. We had Trez on this afternoon, and he's still he's maintaining there's just a big gap between the Chiefs and Chris Jones. And the Chiefs have five days to hammer out a deal, which they apparently have not talked on for a year. Like, the Chiefs haven't offered anything since, like, last training camp. And they are expected to hammer out a deal in five days to get, I mean, and, and apparently a massive gap. Like, that's not happening. I said when the DeForest Buckner trade happened, I think Chris Jones is playing on the tag. I still think Chris Jones is playing on the tag. The only thing I could see happening is Chris Jones trying to get his money this year, Chris Jones demanding a trade, and then Chris Jones potentially being traded before the season starts, which is terrible for the Chiefs. That does not make you better. That does not help you win a Super Bowl. It helps your it helps your 2021 team, but I'm not. I'm trying to win a ring this year, boys. I don't know about y'all, but I'm more interested in seeing this team win another Super Bowl. So the future assets aren't going to mean much to me, or you know, for that for that chance to win a Super Bowl. So I they it's I, I think this is I think this is Chris Jones last year in Kansas City. Um, and it, and the, his last, his last season might've been last year. I wouldn't be stunned by anything at this point. Well, I brought this question a couple weeks ago on the show and, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. We've heard so much about Tyree kills deal, Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew being brought in Patrick Mahomes contract will or won't Chris Jones get paid by the chiefs, but we've heard nothing. And I mean, literally nothing about the other star player in his future with the chiefs. Travis Kelsey is 30. He'll turn 32 in the middle of the 2020 season, is set to become an unrestricted free agent after the 2021 season. Kent, no tight end in the NFL has had a stretch like Travis Kelsey has and is currently having. Yet we've heard nothing about his future here in Kansas City. Kent, tell us what is going to happen with the living legend who wears 87 on Sundays. Oh, he'll get something done. I'm not worried about it at all. I don't think there's any level of concern right now about, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, not being a chief for a long time. I'm, they're going to get it. They're going to get an extension done at some point. I'm not even, I'm not even stressed about it. And honestly, if you're asking me who I'd rather have in a chief's uniform for 2020, Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones, just Travis Kelsey hands down because Travis Kelsey still changes the game differently for an offense that needs to continue to sustain itself as one of the best in football. He is just that important because of what they can do with him, because how they can isolate him, kind of treat him as a big wide receiver so he can go and embarrass Lonnie Johnson in the playoffs. Um, things like that, you don't – there's just no guy that can – the gap between him and Deion Yelder is bigger than Tyree Kill and trying to manufacture stuff with Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, and, and, and McCole Harden. He's just so valuable to that offense. And that means he's more valuable than Chris Jones for me. They're going to take care of him. I have no doubt about it. I don't know how worried, I don't know how worried Travis is about it. It doesn't seem like he's making a big deal out of it right now. So they'll take care of him at some point and they need to, they need to keep him around. I, I, I've said this, I think on the pod a couple of weeks ago, I'd rather be one year late on Travis Kelsey, you know, as he gets older, he's had the microfracture surgery, all that stuff, obviously, but I'd rather be one year late on Travis Kelsey than one year early. Yeah, for sure. Now, what Chiefs player that we may or may not know very well or have little expectation for is going to shock us this season? Oh, bro. Uh, let's keep First off, real quick, 
I forgot Ricky Seals Jones was on this team. <laughs> I think we all have, man. Honestly, like, that's how. Yeah, like, hey, did you know Ricky Seals Jones was on this football Breaking team? Breaking news. That was a woge yeah. bomb right now, dude. Straight up woge bomb. That's I know. I looked swan at the bomb. roster the other it was a day. Swan the other, bomb. I was like, oh yeah, Mike Rummers. Hey, what's up, buddy? Um, <laughs> uh, no, I was one surprise player for the roster. Uh, I think DeAndre. This may not be a big surprise or whatever, but. I think DeAndre Washington is going to make this football team and add more value than you think. Uh, he's he's pretty well liked, I think, in that room in that building, uh, and he's got a lot of the pass catcher traits that Andy Reid likes. He has the rapport with Patrick Levon Mahomes, and I think the Chiefs could trade Damian Williams and not skip the beat. Frankly, hmm. I know people are oh he's the Super Bowl MVP and all now. No, we're good. You can move on from it. Go trade him at his highest value. Go get a fourth-round pick for him from some team that wants that championship culture in there because running backs matter and all that stuff. <laughs> so just, like, go 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 roll with go roll with Daryl Williams, Clyde, and, and, and DeAndre Washington. You're going to thrive. You're going to be all right. So I'm assuming because you, you bring up Damian Williams uh... – I'm assuming that you you don't have him very high up on the depth chart. I mean, I'm assuming you have him making the team this season unless the Chiefs do ultimately move him. But you don't expect a lot from Damian Williams this season in particular. It's it's not that. If he's on the team, he's going to have a role uh, until he gets hurt again. Um, But it's just like the way I I look at it is, is like, yeah, if Damian Williams is on this football team, he's probably RB2. And – Early in the season, he might carry a bigger load than I would want. I, I just want to throw Clyde Edwards Lair into the fire and run him to the ground for the next five years and let somebody else pay him. Uh, that sounds pretty cold, but I, I love I love Clyde. I want him to go get paid somewhere else, buddy. Uh, I'm already I'm already worried about that, but I, I just think you know you especially with the running back position as fickle as it is and as deep as they have this roster right now, like. I think you should try to maximize his value now. It's not necessarily, I think Damian Williams sucks and shouldn't be on this football team. It's, is he going to be able to, you know, get more? Are you going to be able to get anything out of him in a year? And the answer is no, because he's going to be moving on from free agency. So I'd just trade him. I'd see what Bill O'Brien, what, you know, what former top 100 pick Bill O'Brien's ready to give up <laughs> on really quick. You know, uh, that's what I do. Well, what, he, what I think what Bill O'Brien's waiting on is he's waiting for another five years when CEH is broken down, like you said, or we run him into yeah. the ground. He'll trade a first-round pick in the next star wide receiver they have for <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Hillow. Does that sound good to you? No, that sounds that sounds about right. Okay. I mean, well, no, Bill, Bill, let's Lance, hold on. We got to be honest. Bill O'Brien's not going to have a job in five. Years. Okay, fair point. Fair point. But if there was if there was if there was a place where he could have a job in five years, it's definitely in Houston because for some reason they think he's capable to not only have one job but two jobs to run that franchise. So I wouldn't put anything past that Texans organization for sure. But yeah, you know, I've been saying for more than a couple months now that I expect Andy Reid to coach the Chiefs through at least twenty twenty five. Now I know that Mahomes has stated that before signing this monster deal with the Chiefs that he got assurances from Andy that he wouldn't be retiring anytime soon. And of course Andy has since come out himself confirming that he plans on coaching uh, through the contract that Mahomes just signed, which we all know ends. it's all good through the 2031 season. Kent, I saw your tweet this week that you can't wait to see Coach Andy Reid coach longer in Kansas City than he did in Philly. Do you see Andy Reid coaching the Chiefs into the 2030s at the ripe age of 70-plus? 
Ah, uh, see, that's where I mean it's gonna be tight. I think I think you know, I think he needs seven or eight years to have more years in Kansas City than Philly, and he needs what ten more to get to the twenty thirties. It's gonna be tight. Yeah, I think that's about the time. I think that's about the time he might start seeing him wind down and like I mean. That dude, I think he's he's lived a very difficult, high stress life with health issues, with you know all those issues, and with issues with his family. I mean, who knows? Who knows where he's going to be? All I know is hearing that he has no interest in leaving anytime soon. That Patrick Mahomes has revitalized his energy, that has really given him that push, and I don't blame him. I think I think Andy's looking at it the same way Pat is. I think Andy I think Andy's looking at this going, okay, I might be able to I might be able to be in there with the Walshes in the in the Belichicks of the of the you know of the Hall of Fame. You know, like there's a chance that that's happening now. I, I think he'll be around for another eight, nine, maybe ten years. Uh but I think the most important part is that we're going to get him for that amount of time. Like, I'm grateful for the next eight. I was hoping it wasn't going to be three or four. We're doubling that for sure, I think. And I can't, I mean, he's probably going to get three rings in that time. Yeah. Well, I do know that there's going to be one guy that will not be here uh, for the next 10 years. In fact, I made a prediction about it. I, I believe Eric Bieniemy is going to be getting a head coaching job in the next uh, season, which is going to be twenty twenty one. And I, actually, I thought you were going to—I thought you were going to say Breland Speaks. Oh no, no, no! He'll be—he'll go with Eric Bieniemy as like his towboy or something like that. Okay. It, it ain't going to be okay. a football player though, that for sure. Uh, okay. But but Eric Bieniemy, I made a prediction. I, I believe that Adam Gase is going to get fired after this season with the Jets, <laughs> and Eric Bieniemy is going to get that job with Sam Darnold, and you're going to see Eric Bieniemy flourish as a head coach in the NFL. That's just my prediction now, but. The, the way the, the way this team is constructed right now, I, it's it's really hard for me to predict as to what's going to happen after Andy Reid. But I think there's this development with Patrick Mahomes because of having Andy Reid early in his career. That when he's later in his year you know, career, as season seven, season eight, season nine, season ten, that it's not gonna. I don't want to sound like it, it doesn't matter who the coach is going to be after Andy. But I almost tend to believe that it's not going to really matter who the coach is going to be at that time because we've seen other great quarterbacks throughout time succeed without a top-tier head coach later in their career because they're so seasoned and so garnered. Kent, where do you stand on that? When that day comes that Andy Reid is gone and Patrick Mahomes still will be playing uh, at least at the tail end of his, of his prime at that time, do you believe that it is pivotal that the Chiefs find themselves a successor that can carry on Andy Reid's legacy to some amount? I think if the Chiefs try to find a success, like Andy Reid's successor, like might still be playing right now. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> like, like the next Mike Brady years, is coming. If you're ten years out, like I mean, here's like my ideal scenario: Mike Kafka is 32 years old right now. My ideal scenario is. After Eric Bieniemy gets his head head coaching job inevitably this offseason, Mike Kafka, if they can find a way to hold on to Mike Kafka, and honestly, I don't know how hard of it's gonna of a sell it's gonna be for Mike Kafka to go, uh, hey, uh, you've been tied to Patrick Mahomes since day one, so you've already got this clout built up with you because you were his personal quarterback coach, quote unquote. You jumped to offensive coordinator. You spend the next seven, eight years as the offensive coordinator for the best offense in the world, and then you get to step in 
and chase your own legacy with the best quarterback in the world at the age of 42? Sounds pretty good. I I don't know, Lance. You tell me. <laughs> I think, like you, you paint a beautiful picture with that one, Kent. I you know, I thought I think it was interesting knowing everything, knowing what we know now that Andy Reid has no intentions of leaving anytime soon, knowing that now and and realizing and remembering that they gave Mike Kafka a position bump. They gave him a title bump this offseason to make sure that they kept him. That's interesting to me. That is interesting. They have a, they have a plan for Mike Kafka. I, I don't know why it can't be, I'm 32 years old, I'm going to ride this gravy train for the next 10 years, and then I'm going to take over and get to coach Patrick Mahomes, who already loves me, who's got a 12-year relationship with me. So I do think, Lance, that they're going to – I think they'll, they'll continue the, the retreat in some capacity, and I really hope it's Mike Kafka. All right, Kent. I know people are asking you this all the time. I mean, hell, people are asking me at Target. Um, are, are we going to have football this season? And if we do, will there be fans in the stands at all? And why you got to ask me this I'm question? sorry, dude. It's, it's a necessary evil. It is a necessary evil because everybody <laughs> wants to know what Kent swants and thinks again. on this. Oh, man. I don't think there's going to be fans in the stands. I think the NFL is going to play. And I think there's going to be some significant like i feel like jj watt's gonna opt out mm. oh kirk kirk cousins i could see being an opt outer Ooh, i gotta hear this i gotta hear the reason no i don't want to get in on <laughs> kirk cousins you just want to throw that bomb out there and then walk away and watch the car explode and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to slander opt outers for real like yeah. i think there's gonna be some opt outers i think it's gonna be significant names um you know it's it's such a tough thing, though, for these guys because it's such a short-lived career in the National Football League. I think there probably will be some big guys that might look at it and say, eh, I, I'm good. But the, a lot of these young guys that are going to play for three years are desperate for money. I think they'll push the envelope a little bit. I think the NFL's got the benefit of getting a look at all these other leagues and see how they do with all of their – you know, strategies and like that's an actual advantage for them. But man, I I think we're gonna play football. But if you'd asked me a week ago, I wouldn't have felt good about that. But I don't think there's gonna be fans regardless. Now let's say they have a full. Let's say let's say we play football, which I fully expect and anticipate. I don't expect any fans at all. I'm with you on that completely. Do you think they get a full season? And if they don't, how do you how do you anticipate that they try to orchestrate something maybe similar to the NBA bubble? Like how would if, if it was up to you, Kent, how would you orchestrate that in the midst of a pandemic like this that we have never seen before? I think I'd just give the Chiefs another Super Bowl. I like that. I like that, Kent. In I fact, think we'll I think just, we should go with just that. cut we'll just roll that. No, I mean I don't think they're gonna do a bubble. I think logistically it's just impossible. I saw someone talk about moving the whole thing to New Zealand. <laughs> That sounds that sounds wild, but I really here for it. I would like it. <laughs> I'm here for it. We'll, we'll tag uh, along. I don't think they. I don't think they can do it. I don't think they can do any kind of bubble or. I mean, that's so much. Like that's such a bigger operation compared to some of these other sports leagues. And I that just seems real. That just doesn't seem realistic. I think if if if. I think that I flat out think that they're just going to push through and like, if they have a season, they're going to have a season probably. Yeah. You know, like 
that, that that's kind of where I think where I'm going to wind up falling. Like Roger is just going to push this thing all the way through. And I don't think I, I think, you know, like, like I said, the young hungry guys, they need the money. So, you know, they're probably, I think they're going to get, I think they might wind up getting a full season and it's going to be strongly ill-advised. If the chiefs hold on to three quarterbacks, who are the three quarterbacks that make this team? It's the olds and Patrick Mahomes. I pour one out for Jordan Thomas. <laughs> it sucks. Uh, but I mean, I think what's here's, here's something, this is very football nerdy. Like I, no one is going to care about this Lance. Like, I'm sorry in advance. I don't think that there's going to be a ton of movement on the practice squads this year. Hmm. I think teams are going to try to hold, like, I think there's almost, I'm not going to say a wink, wink, nod, nod agreement that teams aren't going to be poaching guys, but I just have a feeling that the practice squads are going to be pretty stagnant, you know, and like the guys you have are the guys you're rolling with just with, with how this whole thing is going. I don't know if they're going to call it from a safety perspective or I don't know if it's going to be a mandate from the league, but I just have a feeling that, Teams are going to be pretty like they're going to hold on to their 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 practice squad guys, which is good news for Jordan Thomas because he's going to stay in Kansas City for a long time, uh, you know, for the entire season. But sorry for that little wild tangent, but it's going to be the old it's going to be the old guys. I they don't you don't sign Matt Moore to a one year deal if you're not keeping him on the roster, and you don't sign Chad Henney to a two year deal if you're cutting him and incurring dead money. If I was if I wasn't so lazy and it wasn't a Friday, I would look up how much dead cap it is to cut. Uh, chat Henny today, but I I don't care that much. Final question for you, Ken. I like hey, the, the tangent's fine. You you can cook, dude. You're here to cook. You know what I mean? The stove was on when you walked in. You know what I mean? <laughs> final kit. Final question for you, Kit. And I again, we appreciate you taking your time on a Friday, man. We really do. Oh man, no, you're good. This, I, you know I love doing this with you guys. Uh, yes, yeah, so we love having you here, man. This is a serious question, okay? Oh no. When the time inevitably comes, will you, Kent LaVon Swanson, <laughs> be in Canton to attend the Hall of Fame speech of Matt Stafford? <laughs> hey, look. That seems a serious question, Kent. <laughs> no, it's not. I can hear it's like cat laughing. I'm not telling you he was laughing. That was you. That was just the that was just the reverb. Yo. Um, yeah, we got ghosts in the studio, bro. They're 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 laughing. There's a chance, like there is an outside chance that Matt Stafford might make it. There is not an outside chance I'm going to camp. <laughs> okay, fine. You get you gave me the clarity I needed because I just needed to know because I can I can purchase your ticket. I'll take you can go Greyhound, Lance, American Airlines. It, dude, by that time we're gonna have like we're going to have those tube trains. <laughs> oh, they get to like from here to Chicago in like two hours? Yeah, no, it's, it's, not, it's not even going to be an inconvenience for me to get there. I'm just well, not go. going. I don't know. I'm not going. Out of It's out of principle now. Well, I mean, I, I mean, mean, we got the backbone of the spoken podcast willing to go. Eddie, Eddie uh, Ortiz over here. I mean, if he if he said, "Look, I will pay for the ride. I'll pay for the tube train." Here we go. Not Do for, it. Not from Matthew Stafford. Lance, though. you're not doing you know, it. You know what the problem is, Lance? Here's the problem. Like this whole thing, Matt Stafford. Like I don't have a problem with Matt Stafford. I like Matt Stafford. I just don't like. I just don't like to be on a show. I don't. I don't like to be on a podcast 
And, and you're like, you know, the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, you got your Russell Wilsons, your Matt Staffords. Like, that's where my problem is. Like, if you would just if you would just put him in a reasonable tier, we wouldn't even have 20 minutes of podcast. I'm trying to put him in a reasonable tier. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I feel like that's a fair tier for one Matthew Stafford. There's your problem. <laughs> Why you gotta be so angry, Kent? I'm just trying to, you know. This, this is your fault, Lance. <laughs> I, I should tell you, the Matt Stafford's friend of the show, man. I mean, he he tuned in. I told him that you were gonna talk tonight. He's actually here right now. Yeah, he's actually in, he's actually the one laughing in the background. So what else? What else? What other better things does he have to do? N- not much. They ain't making the playoffs, so I mean, exactly. he might as well chill with us here, dude. They're gonna continue to settle for mediocrity, and he's gonna continue. <laughs> Have have good numbers year over year, and people are going to consistently say, "You know that Matt Stafford, he is really underrated." I just wish that he wasn't in Detroit where his career's been ruined. That sounds just if like you me. put him in. You put him in Green Bay. I, I know I'm feeling triggered. Kid. Right I'm now. starting to feel triggered because now you're coming up. You're, now you're attacking my personal biz, man. That's like my. Hey, whole, that's my entire take. The whole thing. That's my bit. God, <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Man. It's just if you're gonna start, if you're gonna start tearing Matt Stafford up, oh, we we got down. we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to have words. Well, those words are definitely gonna come. So I'll be kidding. I know that. I'll be that's there. A, that was a really good callback. You know what I'm, you know what I'm gonna do? You that was know, a fantastic no, callback. You're welcome. You know what? No problem. And, and here's the thing: I'm gonna make a cutout of one Kent Swanson, and you're and you will be with you will be with me in Canton, whether it's it's the human version of you or a cutout cardboard version of you. You're gonna be there. It's like the fat head. You're gonna again, be there with me. Again, Lance, you got to think in the future. It, it, you could probably make it a hologram for Justice Chief. Yeah, fair enough. But it, it would look cool. Like it's a throwback for us, you know, because when we were kids, like the cutout was the badass <laughs> thing. So like, I'm bringing some retro to Canton, dude. Like, yeah, that's fine. You can you can embarrass me in any fashion you want if this happens. <laughs> and honestly, Lance, like Lance, if you commit to this bit, do you know how? Like that'll be incredible. When did I not commit to this bit? I am fully committed. This is like a marriage. I practically have a ring on my finger when it comes to the Matt Stafford bit. You're married to Matt Stafford. Married, man. If I, if I didn't have my Patrick LeBon Mahomes, you know who I'd be asking for the Chiefs to trade for? Oh, God. Woo! Imagine what Andy Reid would do with Patrick Mahomes' light. Oh, my. Okay. Hang up, phone, Lance. <laughs> did it get hot there? Was those takes too hot for one oh, Ken Swanson? Uh, we lost uh, Kent. They're bro, fanning bro. me, bro. They're fanning me. I kind of want to just hang up like this. <laughs> like, you right now. You're t- We're living in this alternate reality where you're trying to trade for Matt Stafford. It's a pretty and... honest reality, though, man. Like, oh. Luckily, we don't have to worry about it. You know, luckily we don't ever have to visit that reality. We're in a much better reality. And that's why I have you on the show so you can gloss these beautiful takes about our Patrick LeVon Mahomes because then I forget about Matt Stafford for a little bit. So you're like that ibuprofen that I need, man, to take away the headache. Well, Patrick LeVon Mahomes is the ibuprofen. That's fair. Okay, fair enough. He is, he is just I genuinely going to change the, the outlook of this city. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's not going to buy an NBA expansion franchise. God, please let that be. Please let like, that be. You know he is. Like you know, it's happening, right? Like he's gonna get, and he's gonna get Luca to come sign with us, mm-hmm. dude. Don't please, I'm not gonna be able to stand up if you keep talking like that. I'm, it's gonna... I don't want you to stand up right now. I don't think. <laughs> 
Ice stat. Ice. Dude, that would... Oh. See, an NBA franchise in Kansas City would just be... If Patrick can deliver that, I mean, what what could we do to show our, our gratitude? He's already bringing us Whataburger. He's already brought us a Super Bowl for the first time in five decades. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's bringing us a, a whole new world in here, man. I mean, it's it, if he brings us an NBA franchise and Luka... I feel like like he just needs to be the de facto mayor that only has to make the decisions he wants to make. I like that. I think he like something is, like honestly, if they if we if the Chiefs have to rename their team and they just want to call them the Mahomeses, like I'm not going to argue mm. at all. Like you can even like you could have a big Hunts ketchup sign on the front. Too. Like <laughs> they got like the Hunts squirt bottles on the sidelines and stuff. <laughs> I really genuinely like call them the Mahomes. The rings fit the same. Mm. That's all. I'm going to give you credit if that actually ends up happening. If that actually comes to fruition, Kent Swanson on the Spoken Podcast, episode 72. Wait, what's more likely? No, <laughs> what's more it. likely? Let's hear the scenario. The uh, the Chiefs get renamed the Mahomes or Matt Stafford makes all of them. <laughs> Don't make me answer that. I want both. <laughs> I want both. I'm, I'm, like, well, I'm like radio with the pies. Give me both. You can't, you're just, I mean, I don't think you're going to get one of those, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to throw a fit. Well. Regardless. Regardless, Kent, we appreciate you, man, for all your hard work and diligence and such. Uh, you, you really are uh, an awesome guy. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, follow him at Kent underscore Swanson on Twitter. You will not be disappointed most of the time. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he has he has mostly good content when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. No, but seriously, Arrowhead Pride. If you if you want to talk about the the antithesis, the the epitome of Chiefs related content, man. I mean, Paul Rudd said it himself. He reads Arrowhead Pride. That's <laughs> you're talking about Ant Man for God's sake, guys. I mean, he reads Arrowhead Pride. You should be reading Arrowhead Pride. Uh, they never disappoint, honestly. And so uh, you, Craig, all the guys are amazing. Matt Lane and Pete, all you guys, you do a great job. And again. Thank you for taking time go, coming from Therese Paler and recording something with him to hanging out with us schmucks for a little bit. <laughs> we greatly and humbly appreciate your time, my dude. Dude, anytime. You know where to find me. Appreciate y'all. Absolutely, bro. Go Matt Stafford. You have yourself a great night. <laughs> That's Kent Swanson. That is our guy. Thank you so much, Kent. Buddy. Anytime, buddy. See you, buddy. All right, guys. Well, you heard the man. You heard the man. There's... The, I felt like I felt like we could have kept going for like you know another thirty or forty minutes. We could have just made another segment for Kent Swanson alone. But we're gonna bring Trevor and Eddie into the equation because I feel like they've just been chilling on the bench, Sweet. a little cold out here. We're gonna oh, so get we're actually the to the, the Eddie podcast? hour, the Eddie hour. So I'm gonna I'm gonna quit talking. I know all the listeners and the viewers are like, oh thank God, holy yeah, shit! Shut the fuck up. I know, right? Well, we're gonna bring you guys in. We're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna pick the mind of Eddie. And we're going to see what he's got going on up in that old ticker of his. We'll get back to that after this. We are widening the corridors and adding more lanes. We are building a religion, a limited edition. We are now accepting callers for these pendant keychains. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey, yo. Back at it again on the 
Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCP and studios. My guy is Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And the one and only Miss Gats. That was a fun... I, 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 that was an amazing segment. Uh, yeah, our guy Ken, every time... Usually he's in the studio with us. That's, I think that's the first time we've actually done a phone... Uh, uh, video segment, yeah, with with or Zoom, yeah, video, yeah, call, yeah, with Kent. So uh, the, the quarantine has has b- done both bad and good for us because we haven't been able to hang out with all of our friends in the media as we'd like. But man, we make do, and it's been a lot of fun to be as versatile. And that's all thanks to our lady Gat for sure for doing that. Um, but yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good fun things. And if you guys missed the live stream version of what just happened, go to the podcast as soon as it posts up on YouTube as well. That will happen uh, after our show is over tonight. But no more time for me. It is time for our oh, guy, Eddie Ortiz, shit. Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, Mr. Eddie Hodge. We're going to hand it over. Eddie, what is going on with the Eddie Hour tonight, my guy? Lay it on us. All right, man. Got got some questions for you guys. Um, my first question is, you know, we, we saw Patrick Mahomes' 10-plus uh, year contract. So my question is, if you could give any active player in any sport a 10-plus year contract, who would he be and why? I think this is actually a, a, a very easy answer because there's only like maybe two, three at most other athletes in the entire world that I would do that with. Uh, to keep it closer to America, um, obviously Mike Trout comes to mind automatically. The Arguably the best baseball player I've ever seen in my life. And he's only, I think, 26, 27 right now. So he would still be playing baseball later on in his life. Uh, but the, the, the most obvious answer for me that I, I've noticed a lot of people have not said, but I think is a slam dunk literally and figuratively, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Dude is not mm. even 25 years old yet. And is an... I mean, we've already seen the guy win an MVP. He's one of the three best players in the entire NBA already. He's only getting better. I feel like that is the most confident pick outside of Patrick Mahomes in all of sports that I would take. And I believe there's a player... Eddie, you might know this guy's name. He's in the French League, I believe. He's 19, 20 years old. Um, he's a French oh, yeah. player. Mbappe. Mbappe, yes. He would be somebody sure. I would definitely think of giving a 10-year deal I'll to. Definitely give him a 10-year uh, yeah. So those are my guys. So I don't know who Trevor would no, have. Giannis but... was, was one of my picks. Um, I mean, that's that's to, that's to me a no-brainer. I'm going to stay in the NBA, too. There's a couple young budding stars that I think are going to be the future of this league. Uh, one of them is Jason Tatum. I think Ooh. Jason Tatum is definitely one that's of those guys pick. that's going to be um, – and he's, he's in the perfect position with a young coach who could still become a great coach in the NBA and Brad Stevens. And um, – and he's in a great spot in, in, in Boston. Uh, so I think Jason Tim is definitely a guy that they would want that I would give a long-term contract to to keep him around. And then I think uh, another guy who's bursted onto the scene in the NBA is John Morant. I know he hasn't really proven much yet, but he's taking he's, – he's, he's putting gri- the Grizzlies on the map yeah. single-handedly. The kid's incredible. He reminds me a lot of a young Russell Westbrook um, with a better jumper. So, I mean, if the kid can be anything like Russell Westbrook, I mean, you sign me up now. I mean, yeah, especially for, to resurrect Grizzlies basketball, you know, who hasn't really had any good days in a while since, you know, even prime Marcus Gasol and, and, and Rudolph days. But um, those two guys, I think, in the NBA, with the money that these guys get in the NBA, a 10-year contract for one of those guys, keep them around for a decade plus would be an ideal situation for those two, for sure. For NBA, I would probably go Luka Doncic as well. That's another guy. Easy. Yeah, another, he's 21. Superstar potential yeah. for that kid, yeah. too. But for me, there's such a risk with a 10-year deal that you got to think about that. Like, you're yeah. signing off a decade. Like, that's why it's so different. Like, well, especially I, in the NFL. I'm thinking of other guys that have had contracts that long. I think it's A-Rod yeah. uh, and baseball. Albert Pujols. To me, though, baseball's, baseball's a lot easier. Yeah. But you saw, how dumb, you saw how dumb those contracts were, though, because Albert got his, I think, at 31 years old. Football's A-Rod the highest risk. Like you had, then you had Michael Vick. Uh, yeah, Michael Vick got Beth his. Favre, yeah. Uh, and I can't remember. Uh, the Pat, uh 
What was it? That guy that just got eight years all oh, with the Cowboys. The eight years with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Can't oh. remember that dude's name. Uh, I think he's a defensive player. Was it, was it when Van Der Esch, was it? No, no. no, uh, no. Uh, Lawrence. Uh, yeah. Marcus uh, Lawrence? Was it Demarcus Lawrence? Was I don't know. Player? He just had like an eight-year deal. Yeah, he's a, he's a linebacker. Yeah. Edge he's rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. He's, a, he's amazing, but yeah. They're starting to be like a little bit more and more and more well, the cap uh, keep going, relevant, keeps going. I guess. Yeah. You can say the 10 plus. It's honestly uh, not smart from a front office perspective that's what i'm saying like even with luca like what if well, he starts having injury ex- problems yeah. you know what i mean like that's depends. the thing yeah yeah luca is definitely one of those guys too that's, that's why like, patrick mahomes got that 140 million guaranteed for his injury out you know if he ends up getting a traumatic you know leg injury or yeah, yeah, outside yeah. of quarterback you know there shouldn't be any long terms like that in the nfl absolutely it's too not. high of a risk absolutely not but i mean patrick mahomes is kind of outlier so all right yeah. all right next question uh if you could rename the uh, the washington redskins what would you name them Man, I really I don't want to take credit for this because this was not my idea, but I love the idea of the Red Tails. That story, you guys should definitely go research the story of the Red Tails. It, it is such a profound and timely, quite frankly, uh, name for the, the restoration of a franchise and for the, the, the ignored Native Americans for all these years. If they want to keep it Native, I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but they'd have to really be careful with how they do that because it's going to be critiqued unlike anybody else because they already previously had an Indian, a Native American name and it was a derogatory slur. So I, I think they should probably go away from that and go in an opposite direction. I think it'd be kind of cool as a memoriam to go with the Red Tails. I, I just thought it looked really cool. They could have the same color coordinations. They would have to change their colors. They'd still have the same ones, and it's honoring uh, former soldiers in the U.S. military. I think that'd be kind of a good idea. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the one that comes to mind. That's a it's a cool idea. I'm not. I doubt that's actually gonna happen. Yeah. I, I honestly, bro, I have no idea what I would call them. I I no idea. I don't know what why. I don't know much about Washington as far as like what they're known for. Like what, what you know what their state bird is. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I just I. There, it's gonna take some research to really come up with a name that's you know not attached to anything negative or anything. So it's they can call them the, they can call them the crooks. I mean they're right DC. I mean they might as well just. <laughs> Make the it Washington suitable for, Congress. you know. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, call them the Congress. Yeah. I, dude, we play honestly, dirty. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I, that's maybe uh, even the word native, anything native would be. It's sensitive. That's just a little yeah. sensitive. They, like I the think Washington they should go away natives, from it. That would be, yeah. that they should amazing. go completely away from that. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I don't have an answer. Well, I mean, Eddie, I, do, I mean, do I put you on the spot. Do you, would you think of. I, I just, uh, I don't have a name in particular, but I think they should just go away from any kind of like. Race or yeah. any kind of. I was gonna say even about the just kind of go like into like a random name, you know, like or something the state's known for, like something exactly industry wise. Or... Yeah, the crooks. It's perfect. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> what about the yo yo yo? Because you have the you have the capitals there, yeah. you have the nationals. Yeah. So I mean, you can you can play with something like that, you know, you can play around with something like that. Uh, so I mean, they can call them the walls because they'll fail. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that was that? Jesus. <laughs> Moving along, moving along, Eddie. What's the next question? We're gonna get a bunch of people saying blocked. Hashtag blocked. Canceled. We got canceled. We're in the we're in the cancel era. All right. My next question is: The Ivy League became the first D one league to conference to to cancel all fall sports, Uh, and then the Big Ten just recently announced is getting uh, or is getting ready to announce a conference only schedule. Should other D1 uh, conferences kind of follow that, either cancel fall sports or should do like a a conference-only schedule? Like, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yes. 
to answer your question, yes, they absolutely should. If, if the last resort is to go that route, like the Ivy, like the Ivy League is basically saying we're out, and they were the first ones to do it originally when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So they've been yeah. the kind of the pioneers of how to handle this situation properly, and they did it the right way. But if they, if, if everyone is intending, fully intending to have a season in the fall, then they need to do it as regionally as possible. They cannot be traveling across the country back and forth doing those things. That is going to fail, and we know, we all know deep down that that would fail automatically. So keep it as regionalized as possible. I actually heard a really good idea from a, a friend of mine uh, today that talked about how if they're going to do this, they need to open up all conferences and just play everybody that's close to you, regardless if you're in the same conference or not. Bearing in mind, like with for us, for example, like we all know that Mizzou and KU are no longer playing in the Big 12 together. Uh, Nebraska and KU, they don't play each other anymore. Mm. But if they brought all that and said, you know what, fuck conferences for this year. This is, this is the most unprecedented situation any of us have ever had to handle. Nebraska, Kansas, Mizzou, all you guys play because you guys are all so close together. The travel is, is minimal at, be- at worst. Let's just make that happen for this year and then figure out everything next season and go try to get back to as much normalcy as possible. So to answer your question in the most you know well-rounded way as possible, if they can't if they can play and they will play, which I fully expect there will be college football this season at some magnitude, it has to be as regionalized as possible. Yeah, inter inter region games is the ideal situation. I view I mean anybody who if anybody has the the choice to just decline to play f- fall sports, it's the Ivy League schools because yeah, there's no money there. Yeah, I mean so um, they have that option. It's easier for them to do that and go that route. But yeah, as far as the inter region stuff, the, the games within yeah, I think that only makes sense. Play who you know who's closest to you. So it you know as far as logistics goes, it makes the most sense. It's kind of like your own little bubble of games. So. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think they should. I think everybody should approach it from as, as far as until something changes, until the, the our country can get their act together and get this thing nipped in the bud and get it, you know, the safety, you know, under control, um, then sports is going to have to adapt at this point. I mean, there's not really much of a choice. It's kind of a no-brainer to really go that route at this point. So, yes, definitely. Okay, cool, cool. All right, next question. Uh, we're going UFC. Uh, so, Masvidal joined the card. Seven days before the event, uh, UFC 251. Was this the right move by Masvidal? Hell yeah, it was. See, this is he's he is a better version of a Donald Cerrone. He's the kind of guy that will fight at any given time, and he backs that up. He's the type of guy that if he can physically do it, and the UFC allows him to take that, he's going to do it each and every time. And plus, Masvidal's on the back end of his career. People forget like he's he's just now like really yeah. gaining that cachet and clout amongst UFC fans and, and quite frankly all sports fans in particular I think he's 36 years old Yeah, like he's not going to be around very much longer so he needs to capitalize on this and I man look we're all going to be watching that fight tomorrow I'm so oh, excited yeah because yeah. we talked earlier Eddie Usman is a bad motherfucker and we've seen this dude drop fools yeah. Masvidal's got his hands full whether he has 7 days to prepare or 70 days to prepare this is a guy you have to take seriously Usman and from what I've been hearing Masvidal's been kind of easing his way into this one. So that's, this is the last guy you want to be doing that with. So, uh, yeah, to answer your question, yes, Masvidal did the right thing. I just hope he's mentally and physically prepared for this one. Yeah, just piggybacking right off of the physical, physically ready of it. I mean, he had, he had to drop, what, 20 pounds in like six days. Yeah. So that alone is going to drain you, dude. I mean, you you got to mentally be tough, and I believe he is mentally tough. Yeah. And uh, I believe he's going to win this fight. Um, I mm. think it was the right decision. Um, I think Usman's a great challenger. I just think Masvidal is, is just the better fighter, uh, pound for pound, the better fighter in my mind. I know it's a pretty much a fifty-fifty bout we're looking we're at here. Put some money on this one. Hey, I'm serious. I think, I think it's. I think I know 
it's that that cutting weight like that is not easy. And I'm not even the fact that it's not easy because I've I've cut weight before and a, a drop in water weight like that and weight in general that that quickly in that short amount of time is draining on your body. It's draining on your psyche. You know, so you have to work extra hard to get there. I'm, it's impressive as hell that he even reached that and got to it and made weight. That's impressive as hell. So I think this guy is just so mentally tough. I think he's going to come in ready. I think it's going to be a great fight, and he definitely made the right decision. It's a good payday. It's a great, you know, chance for him to make, you know, even more of his career than he has so far. I think he's a great fighter. I'm looking forward to watching him, man. This fight reminds me, uh, it, well, not necessarily of the fighters because I think these two fighters are a lot better. But this kind of brings me back to Matt Gregor Diaz fight, the first, the first fight where they, uh, I think it was like a twelve day notice or the something like that. The shit talk's been great too, yeah. Yeah, so, so it it, it kind of reminds me, and I think McGregor had to gain what twenty pounds or some shit yeah. like that. Yeah, to, yeah, try to, to gain twenty pounds, yeah, in order to fight. That's, uh, yeah, Diaz, that's even harder so. than losing the. <laughs> you can cut weight, but gaining that much like that and not being, you know. Fat gaining just so, fat is tough. I, I can see I can see this uh, this bout going uh, kind of fifty fifty yeah. because. Usman was uh, uh, preparing for a different type of fighter than what Masvidal is. So right. they, they kind of both have only seven days to prepare for each other. So They're both strikers, exactly, man. It's gonna yeah, so it's going to be going to be a good fight. It's, yeah. I, I really think oh, it's going to be a good yes. fight. Yeah. So, oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and Masvidal made the right decision for us alone because Absolutely. now we're we're getting some serious entertainment well, out of this yeah, He wants to put on a show, too. He's, he's, yeah. that, he's that guy. Dude. He is that guy. Yeah, I remember watching him on the Kimbo Slice Fights. That's where he got 15 his 15 years start. ago, yeah. Yeah, he was in little amateur bare-knuckle fights. The dude's a brawler, man. And I just, I, I like his mentality, and I think he's just kind of like one of those just go-hard-or-go-home type guys. And it's going to be a bout, and I can't wait. So, And then this next question, you and uh, Lance, you and uh, Kent kind of touched on this a little bit. That's about uh, NFL stadiums having limited fans for the 2020 season. Well, my, que- my question's a little different. Um, Will it have some kind of effect on home games for four teams? Like, will this benefit more the away team than the home team? Because you're not having to to put up with, you know, the the, the noise and stuff like that, and you're you'll be able to concentrate more on the opponent. So, is this kind of like a a, a blow towards uh, home teams? Oh, it, it, yeah, dramatically. I, especially for teams like the Chiefs. Not that the Chiefs can't withstand it because they're so they're great at football. But because of the fact that there is that arrowhead difference, there, it, it does exist. And because um, I don't believe the Chiefs, I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is so great that I don't want to say I would doubt him. But I'm trying to imagine that game in Houston and Houston being up 24 nothing. I would imagine it would be a lot more difficult for the Chiefs to climb back in that game had it not been at Arrowhead and got that crowd back alive. So, yes, it's going to be basically like playing on a neutral field. If there are no fans... You're, I mean, it's so crazy to think like Patrick Mahomes could be sitting on six touchdowns or seven touchdowns in a game, and the and the, the record would be eight, and he hits that eight touchdown in a game, and there is nothing going on. There's no noise. Like I think about how bizarre that will be. Well, unless it's Fox, because <laughs> yeah, they'll be filling it in with the noise. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. But yeah. for the players, yeah, on the players' side, you're gonna hear all the cadences. Like I imagine this year would be like the fewest false starts or like the fewest in- encroachments or offside penalties in the in history of the NFL because. There's nothing that's deafening you. There's nothing. And now we can see the Seahawks for what they really are without the the 12th man, you know what I mean? Yeah, with their fucking rafters or the Falcons pumping in, you know, you know, fan noise themselves. Like, I think this is going to show us the most authentic version of football we've seen in some time because they're not going to – home teams are not going to have that uh, to rely on. They're not going to have that, you know, let's get our crowd in, let's get our crowd involved, let's get ourselves pumped up. They're going to have to do that themselves. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it definitely seems that it, that it would be that way. I mean, like I said, like you said, like it, unless they're pumping synthetic crowd noise in out there, you know, when when the the Chiefs have the ball and it's more quiet at home games, that'd be creepy. It would be weird, but I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do if they do do that. If they or like have the music blaring louder or or crowd, fake crowd noise bl- blaring louder when the when the opposing team has the ball, that could possibly happen. I mean, it would still that would you know help a little bit. But yeah, I mean, without the fans, especially like you said, especially in Arrowhead and places like that, like it's where you depend on that so much, where we get so loud, where it's like literally interrupting the game and, and throwing you off. It's so loud you can't even hear each other on the field. Yeah, it's it's definitely gonna take away an extreme part of the game for for Chiefs fans, especially and, and other and you know Raiders fans and other fans that are always you know packing the stadiums. Um, so yeah, I mean. It's, I don't even know how. I don't even honestly. I can't even imagine it yet. I don't. I can't even picture what that would even be like right now with, with with football being that way. So it's hard for me to even. I mean, right now I've had a guess. Yeah, it would probably take a, some of the effect away from the home field, but still, I think as a traveling team, you're still traveling, so it still has that. You're not home, so the comfortability is is still going to be off yeah. a little bit. Um, just from you know us being you know athletes growing up, you know, going traveling. To we t- were badass, by the way. <laughs> there's this, there is, there's no matter what, when you're traveling, you know, you're not home. Yeah. You know, there's a lack of comfortability there. It's a business trip. So, I mean, but I mean, professional athletes probably don't deal with it nearly as amateur athletes would, but yeah. So there's, there's definitely without fans, that's definitely going to, it's going to be so weird. Like yeah. we're watching NFL films in yeah. like 10 years and they're like, yeah. and the Lombardi trophy. And there's like nobody around. And like Terry Bradshaw is like lifting this trophy and there's nobody. You know what I mean? Like it's just going to be so weird because like we go back and watch all these great like yeah. moments in time and you hear the crowd ah, going nuts. There's going to be just. There's like <laughs> Uncle Rico in the corner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to think of like what it's going to be like when, you know, uh, Trevor's kids are a little bit older. We're showing them footage of like when they were kids and like great moments and it's going to be nothing of like noise. <laughs> this is when Patrick Mahomes won his second Super Bowl with, with zero in attendance. Yeah, the, the camera guys were the crowd, <laughs> yeah. you know? You, yeah. you, you literally hear the... So the cameras, like I mean, uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we got fans. Hopefully we're, we're able to I figure know, it away. Jacksonville, but. I think the, the Jaguars are limited to twenty five percent of their stadium. Twenty five percent's good, and they fill about ten percent on a normal basis. So that's great. <laughs> it's good to hear they're gonna have more fans <laughs> yeah. in the stands this year. Yeah. So, Damn, burn. I, I would say twenty five percent might be what I would say around the NFL might be looking at. I, I think that's a that's, that's a fair. That's a yeah. Fair the number. Chiefs and the Ravens, I think, came out and talked about like Ravens. I think said like a max capacity of, like fourteen thousand. Yeah, ten percent of that. Is cheerleaders. The Chiefs said around like twenty to thirty. <laughs> that's that's right now though. Sheesh. I mean, we yeah. get into September and it's still COVID's still hitting the way it's hitting. That's what I'm saying. I hope there ain't no the time, way they're putting fans. By the time in the, the regular season kicks in, we can. And who's gonna really fucking there. sign a waiver? I mean, I mean, I bet there will I'm be not. people that do that. I'm not doing that shit. Fuck if, I, if 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 a team is telling me, hey, you're allowed to come in our stands, but you have to sign a waiver. Exit stage left, homie. I ain't doing that. Not no this way. Guy. Not this guy. No. All right. Well, let's get serious with this last question. I got. Um, I'm sure Lance uh, was hoping to ask this question. We haven't talked about it anyway. But this question is: Should Deshaun Wax, uh, wa- uh, Jackson or what, mm. what's his name? Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Be released, suspended, or fined for what a majority are calling anti-Semitic posts. On his social media. Okay, when I first heard this, I, I was absolutely enraged, and to this very moment, I'm still very much enraged because yeah. of the just absolute and utter irresponsibility f- from from Deshaun Jackson. This guy is not no 20 year old young buck. Right. This dude is a 33 year old grown man who's been in the league for 11 years. He knows what is right and what is wrong. This guy, I, I'm not saying people can't make mistakes. This ain't a mistake you can make as a thir- I'm 32. That dude's my age. 
I could never imagine doing something that irresponsible. I make mistakes, but to literally quote, like share a quote out of fucking blue, by the way, <clears throat> a quote from Hitler, which by the way wasn't from Hitler. Yeah. Under no circumstances is it okay or justified to share a quote from Hitler and go, yeah, see, this was a good point. Especially given the fact it was a ghost meme. It was a ghost quote. And you didn't think to talk to anybody before doing that? I, You know what? In all actuality, I'm going to give Deshaun Jackson the benefit of the doubt here and say that he did this out of ignorance, not because of actual belief to where he's actually anti-Semitic. I'm going to give him the benefit out because I've never actually heard him say anything otherwise. Was this a massive fuck-up? Yes. And to my stance, because of the fact that we have held Drew Brees and these other men that have done some stupid shit or have said things pretty carelessly and irresponsibly and being tone deaf, I've held them to a standard. I'm going to hold Deshaun to that same exact standard because even though it might be different in what exactly they did or said, it is equally stupid and irresponsible. I don't like the fact that Deshaun Jackson thought it was a good idea to share something that horrible because it was horrible. And furthermore, we have Steven Jackson coming out and double downing on it and saying hashtag free game and then wants to step back and backpedal and say, well, I was just defending Deshaun. Dude, you're defending the words. When you're coming out in defense of somebody, if Trevor said something on this show that was absolutely apprehensible and irresponsible and defended, uh, offended numerous people, and then I came out and said, yep, what Trevor said was cool. It's good with me. That puts me in the same category. It's not okay, and to be honest with you, when I first heard it, I was okay with the thought that if the Eagles came down and said we're, we're cutting Deshaun Jackson, I would have been in support of it because I don't believe, even though you can learn from your mistakes, I'm not saying he needs to be barred from the NFL. I feel like that was something that was justifiable in getting released and cut from your job because if somebody did that in normal life, I do believe they could lose their job potentially because we saw the guy in Florida chewing out the old lady and the man for asking them to put on a mask. He lost his job for doing that as well. So, again, I'm not trying to connect a bunch of dots here. I'm just saying that we hold a certain level of responsibility as grown-ass adults. And somebody, especially in the public eye like Deshaun Jackson, needs to be a lot more sensitive and thinks before he posts some stupid shit like that again. Yeah, I mean, look. um, Right now, man, emotions are high for everybody, and especially, you know, the African-American, the black community. Um, But you got to, as someone who's on a pedestal like he is, an NFL player, a well-known NFL player, and knowing that you're on the stage that you're on, I see bullshit posted on my social media feed every day that's just absolutely ignorant, whether it's fake, whether it's a meme spreading a message that's partially even spoken on and it's not a finished quote. It's a part of a quote that's not finished and it fits their agenda or what they want people to believe. I see this shit on the daily. Uh... And for him, when he first was quoted saying, you know, I, I just post a lot of things that are sent to me. So what that tells me is he was sent someone, one of his homeboys or somebody sent him something and he read it, didn't investigate it, whether it was true, whether it came from that actual source, whether it was said by Hitler himself. Why you'd want to post a Hitler quote in the first place is beyond me. But he didn't investigate it, obviously, to find out where it came from, what it was really about, what it was insinuating uh, and and in the in the the absolutely insulting manner that was derogatory derogatorized towards an entire race of people, you know, you got to think about that critically before you just do that stuff, man. So it definitely he definitely is deserving of all the criticism that's coming his way. Do I initially when I first heard it and when you guys were talk texting back and forth on our feed about it, I and I was never for him losing his job for it, even though I know like what's his name the dude from the comments we talked about a few weeks ago that lost his job. 
Uh, I thought that was kind of bullshit, honestly. But I mean, we, we don't know what was said behind closed doors in that meeting. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't think he should. I mean, I don't think he should be suspended or lose a job. But I definitely think he should get, you know, a, some kind of scolding from the front office. Someone's got to let him know and put him in his place. I know he's apologized. The Stephen Jackson shit is. I, who gives a shit what that guy says? Honestly, I like him. I thought he's he's been standing up for a lot of good things. But I think my emotions right now, emotions are high. And I think everyone's just so on guard. Everyone's ready to share things that, oh, this is a good point. Oh, this is a good point. Oh, this is, let me get on top of this. Let me share this quote. Let me share this meme. Everyone's so quickly triggered and, you know, hair triggered to shoot, you know, off at the mouth and shoot off on, the, on social media so quickly without actually critically thinking about what they're saying or what's, you know, what's lying beneath those actual quotes. So and it was obviously, obviously highly offensive to another race of people, you know, and I loved what Julian Edelman came out and said. You know, and it kind of kind of saved his ass. Yeah, honestly, like, let's educate. Your yeah, child. that's yeah. the approach that you need. That that's that we need more of that in in, in sports in general. You know, especially two different people, I, two I different think races. Mitchell Schwartz also, yep. right? Out. Open statement, Jeff yeah, Schwartz. That's saying. What, yeah, that's what we need. You need to educate each other. You know, because if, if these tensions just keep running high and those people go their way and these people go their way, that tension's just going to keep going, and it's just going to broaden. You know the, the 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 distance between the two people, and they're not so obviously getting together. Like Julian Edelman said, going to this museum, going to this, you know, the African American or the you know the social injustice route. You know, studying more about that on both of each other's sides. That was a perfect, you know, tying of the knot there to fix that and mend that wound. So we need more of that. I'm glad Julian Edelman kind of you know set that stage and set that right. Um, but yeah, Deshaun definitely needs to take a step away or something, and you know, just or at least. Think critically before he starts posting things on social media like that. It's just, it was ignorant beyond belief. So, so you think it should just sit like at a fine or something like that? I don't. Well, I don't, he. Did, I believe he did get fined for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah that did fine? come down. Okay. I believe today actually, with the Eagles made a yeah, statement. I mean, at the end of the day, man, yeah. we're all human, and like I said, emotions are high. He shared something stupid. He's a human being first before he's a, a, a pro athlete, but he has to understand too that he's a pro athlete. Yeah. You know, so he's on a very high stage, and a lot of people look up to him. He has a big voice. You know, he's a well-known face. You know, so. Just he's got to think critically and and think before he posts things on social media. It's plain right. and simple. That is it for Some me. good questions, Eddie. You're stepping your game up, man. But I will tell you, Gat had you beat last week, man. She was doing her thing. I've the Gat chat. We have the Eddie hour. I'm just saying, dude. Yeah, no, you didn't think you, those were some great questions, man. For real. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break unless uh, Gat's we got have one question. Oh, do it, do it, do it. Is that Pruno in that jug? Pruno. Pruno. No. <laughs> no, it's not. I know. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's all I got. I, I'm I not telling you what's break, in there. Right? <laughs> it's my secret. No, it's not. It's it. a good question, though. That's it's all great. I got. It's a great question. <laughs> Disappointment answer. I, I, I love this show so much, man. <laughs> Y'all are fucking Sorry, weird. I, I love it. you guys with that. <laughs> These are my people. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some heat. The heat is on at one Arrowhead Drive. What I mean by that, I'll explain in a little bit. We'll be back to that after this. So tell us, what has taken place in your life since you started listening to The Spoken Podcast? I'm now the guy that buys scratcher tickets at Quick Trip. I got married. Stop smoking crack. I'm still that guy. My wife left me. Well, I'm back on crack. This is the Spoken Podcast. Listen at your own damn risk. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. 
Here inside the KCP and studios, my guys Trevor Twidwell, was good, Mr. Eddie Ortiz, and the one and only Miss Gat. So, obviously, we talk a lot of Chiefs here, and it's going to be constant and consistent because, quite frankly, it's a lot of fun to talk about this team right now. In fact, it's been more fun to talk about this team now than it ever has been in my entire life, but that never stopped me from talking about them. Trevor and I talking about them. Eddie and I talking about them for years and years and years. But we're at, we're at, we're at a time now in Kansas City with the Chiefs where everything is obviously riding high. But with things being the way that they are and having Patrick Mahomes now locked up and for sure going to be a Chief for the majority, if not in his entire career, which I think we all expect him to be here for the entirety of his career, there is a certain level of expectation now. What I mean by that is I think it's, it's very – Clear, clear and obvious that Patrick Mahomes signed the way he did and signed as long as he did because he has full faith that the Chiefs have the same vision in mind when it comes to winning titles and the goal to continue to win titles as long as he's their quarterback. Obviously, he's making a ton of money. Obviously, he's got generational wealth now. Obviously, he's happy about that alone. But if we know anything about Patrick Mahomes to this point, of his career. It's the simple fact this man wants to win because he cares about legacy and becoming one of the greats, if not the greatest of all time, which they're already talking about. Dude isn't even 25 years old yet. It's insane. We've never seen anything like this before. But on the flip side of things, on the brass side of things when it comes to the Chiefs, Andy Reid and Brett Veach now have more pressure on them than they've ever had before. And what I mean by that is, although Andy Reid has now had the monkey off his back of winning that first NFL Super Bowl championship of his entire career. The fact that this is far from over, in fact, it's just begun, falls completely on Andy Reid and Brett Veach now because we know without question what Patrick Mahomes is going to bring each and every Sunday. But what we need now is to see the Chiefs be able to adjust to building a franchise and a great winning organization Continue to build that around Patrick Mahomes in a different way. What do I mean by that? Patrick Mahomes was on a rookie deal up to about five days ago. It was much easier for the Chiefs to just go out there and land a Tyron Matthew in free agency, to go trade and sign for a Frank Clark. To do those types of moves, you have to have the type of money to be able to make that happen. In the next couple of years, and it won't hit for 2020 and 2021, but in 2022, the Chiefs are going to have to start getting a little bit more crafty. Because of the fact that by 2027, Patrick Mahomes is going to be taking a cap hit of around $43 million. Which means you're not going to have money just up front to be able to go and just get a guy like Tyron Matthew in free agency. The Chiefs are going to have to start picking their spots. They're going to have to be getting a lot smarter and more efficient with their free agent signings. But more than that... They're going to have to be able to land and hit consistently in the draft. Now, there's one beautiful thing that I love about the Chiefs right now is that I feel that Brett Veach has finally caught himself astride because in 2018, that draft couldn't have been much worse. Let's just call it what it it is. Our guy, Ken Swanson, brought up Breland Speaks, so I don't even know he's going to make the damn team this year. He looks like he's in good shape. I don't think he's a good football player. Best shape of his life. And that was Brett Veach's first draft pick as the full-time GM of the Chiefs. So that was very concerning. That 2018 draft was shit. But in 2019, Brett Veach bounced back like a motherfucker. And then 20, I mean, 2019 and then 2020 have been incredible drafts to this point. Obviously, we're going to have to see how the players of the 2020 draft class play. But I think we all have full expectation that, that Clyde Edwards-Solaire and at least William Gay Jr. are going to be awesome players in this league for years to come. Yep. 
So let's say those guys land. That's going to make their jobs that much easier. But they have to be consistent with this. Because if we've seen anything in this league, guys like Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers, their franchises decided to rest on their laurels and just expect their great all-time transcendent quarterback to pull them out of the muck and the mire and make winning possible just on their arm. But if you've seen anything about that, Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers, two of the greatest quarterbacks talent-wise we've ever seen in this league, have a combined one Super Bowl and have been to combined two. That's a problem. The Chiefs cannot allow that to be the case here with Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. They have to be able to say, look, we won a Super Bowl earlier than we probably anticipated, earlier than most people anticipated. We got that done. Now the pressure to build a lasting legacy and dynasty is our reality. It is no longer, let's get to the Super Bowl. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can make happen with this team around Patrick, a young Patrick Mahomes. No, now you have a long-term lasting investment in Patrick Mahomes like we've talked about, about how we can't look at Patrick Mahomes any longer as just a talented quarterback, but as an investment, which is why they need to continue to build the offensive line around him, why they continue, like Kent said, to continue to build weapons around him and just keep throwing talent his way because that's how you're going to sustain that success. So the Chiefs are now in a position, the heat is on, the heat is absolutely on, more than it's ever been, because now the entire world is looking at you as the class of the NFL. Last season, going into last season, everybody knew the Chiefs were going to be awesome. Everybody knew they had a really good chance of getting to the Super Bowl. They've now won that Super Bowl. So now they have to continue to build on that, because that is now the expectations from their fans, from the league, from the viewership, and quite frankly, it should be their own expectations. Trevor, what are your thoughts on this entire situation right now? How do you think Brett Veach and Andy Reid are going to handle this situation for years to come? Do you expect that they're going to be able to land those free agents they need, they deem necessary? Do you have full confidence that Brett Veach has turned a new leaf, if you will, and has given Andy Reid um, adequate uh, weapons and, and, and the right pieces to continue to work into the into the infrastructure of a Patrick Mahomes-led franchise and era, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I 100% think that. Um, I think, you know, Brett Veach has proven that the last couple of years as far as bringing in the pieces, you know, saving and covering his asses in case the Tyree Kill stuff went south, you know, with Michael Hardman, who's looking to be a stud already. Um you know, and I think one thing you didn't mention that that this front office and this organization is going to have to do moving forward is a little bit of a patriot way with letting certain guys go when they want to pay day. You know, whether it's a Travis Kelsey, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. But, but I mean, certain guys that are going to want a payday and they're a little, they're starting to age a little bit. You know, sacrificing that and letting them go, and then going and picking up a, you know another uh, younger piece possibly that's willing to uh, willing to play, uh, you know, for a cheaper price. You know, and not not not. Paying, uh, paying up for certain guys, you know, letting guys walk like the Patriots have done numerous times and have succeeded because of that. Um, and a lot of those teams with the Packers and, and the Dolphins, like you stated with Marino, um, those two, a lot, most of those teams depended solely on the draft. And a lot of those Packers teams, they didn't even draft legit weapons for their quarterbacks, which is puzzling. Um, they depended solely on the draft. They didn't bring in free agents to, you know, to, you know, toughen up their, their rosters defensively uh, or even offensively. So I do believe I, I have full trust in Veach and, and Andy Reid. I think they're both have been on the same page since you know the year before last. Um, whether it worked out that first year or not, I I think there's just a, a continuity, and continuity is important, especially in the NFL. Um, but I do believe that they're going to be. I think the main reason is because of Mahomes. I think there's going to be so many free agents that are willing to take a little less money. Like we talked about this numerous times at nauseum. There's going to be players that are want to come to Kansas City to play for Patrick Mahomes, knowing that he's going to be here for a long time with the contagious personality that he has, with the contagious personality that Travis Kelsey has, 
and Tyreek Hill being fun to play with, you know, having someone who can break the field open and allow, uh, you know, opportunities for other players, other receivers, you know, there's going to be guys that are going to want to come play here with the champion championship caliber team with, for a chance to put, you know, some jewelry on their hand as well. You know, we saw, I mean, look at Terrell Suggs. I mean, I know he was already a champ, but he came over here and got himself another ring. You know, guys are going to want to come. And he, he participated and he played well when he had the opportunities, you know. So uh, there's going to be a lot of those type of players that are going to come in and want to go out and ride out in the sunset with a ring, you know. And that's the most exciting part about it because we've seen the Patriots do it as well. You know, we've seen guys like Harrison, you know, even later on their careers join, you know, the Patriots or whatever um, and play for these, you know, these these championship caliber franchises so uh do i think yeah do i think that they're they're gonna do what you know is there the with the 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 leadership of this organization do i think they're gonna do what it takes yeah moving forward i have full trust in beach man like he i I know it was a little like you said a little shaky at first but i mean as far as the moves with him going and getting the guys in the defensive line you know to fill those roles uh with emmanuel agba and those pickups you know those were those were important role, uh, pickups. I mean, those guys got hurt eventually, but they played their they played vital important roles in specific games, and and you know put up good numbers when they're on the field. Um, so yeah, I mean, with Patrick Mahomes already being locked up, I know you said he's going to be expensive. You know, with the forty five plus million a year, I I do think that they're going to like I said, even like with Kelsey and guys like I wish Chris Jones was on that same page, but he wants to get his bag, and I get it. But guys like Travis Kelsey, I think you know, and and, and Tyreek Hill's contract is is pretty friendly you know we're gonna have him wrapped up for a few years i just i just believe man that we're that team now i just believe that there's gonna be players that are gonna be lining up to play here and it's it's just nice to be able to feel that right you know, and- i don't i don't think they're gonna rest on their laurels i don't think they're gonna slip up and, and become comfortable because i think this team is so hungry and there's a weird not weird weird's the wrong word but there's a a uniqueness to the way patrick mahomes is with his guys the way this team is it's a different I know that the Patriots dynasty is was what it was, but there wasn't like that camaraderie and that togetherness like there is with like you even see like the social media posts with Travis Kelsey and, and Patrick Mahomes out there swimming at the lake and stuff. It's just like it's a different thing. Like I feel like these guys care way more about winning than they do about themselves getting paid. You know, Chris Jones, you know, that's a that's a different situation. He's not as he's not as tight knit in the group, I think, as a lot of these other guys are. But I, I just I, this this team has a different feel. And I know I, it sounds like I'm being biased because this is my team, but it feels like there is just a different vibe with this this young team. And I think these guys care so much more about legacy and winning more than it is about you know whose contract is up next, who's up to get their piece of the pie. I, it doesn't it doesn't I don't get that vibe with these guys. It's no, exciting. I think I think you're right about that. I think that there's definitely something to it. Um, yeah. There's a uniqueness, and we've seen teams like that throughout the years where yeah, they're not as well, subtle. Some, of, some of it was was, was a facade though, like even like the Steelers. We all yeah. thought it was good over there, but that shit was a the, shit the, show. The, oh, Chief, the Chiefs, the Chiefs went in their own way. Uh, yeah. You know that's why I've never understood well, the, the, the chasing. I've never understood the chasing of the Patriot way because you can't replicate that. You can't go and get yourself a Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. That yeah. doesn't happen. You can't replicate. Well, you can't replicate Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan. Those things are unique for a reason. Those guys have their successes for a reason because they are one of a kind. Mm. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's situation will never, ever happen again. You're never going to see a six-round quarterback become Tom Brady ever again with a Bill Belichick Uh, ever again. That's not going to happen. A run like that could happen. uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the way they did it. It's the way they did it. So you pointed out out something very important. You pointed out the way the Chiefs handle their business, the way that they go about it, and it's so different than anyone else. Good. Yeah. Because that's who you are. Andy Reid lets his men be men. Like, yeah. no knock on Bill Belichick. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure his cameras are great. But I'm talking about the way Andy Reid lets his people be who they are. 
is why Andy Reid has the success he has. If he tried to be Bill Belichick, he'd fail because he's not Bill Belichick. They yeah. do things completely different. If Patrick Mahomes tried to be Tom Brady, he'd fail because he's Patrick Mahomes. So it's it's it. I know that sounds simple, but it's not because a lot of guys try to be the greats that they the other that they've seen in the past because they saw that at work, and that's not how it works. Yeah. And the Chiefs have to just be the Chiefs because now, although they're different than the Patriots, and the Patriots were the class of the NFL for twenty years. The Chiefs are now that, and they are they they are who they are. Yeah. It's different. It, it, you cannot replicate how it once was. And to your point, Trevor, about what you said about how there are going to be guys that you're not going to be able to keep because of Patrick Holmes, this is exactly what I was talking about in my opening monologue mm-hmm. when I said that Chris Jones will be playing his last year in, in Kansas City this year. Because of the greatness play. of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Because of what you have at quarterback, you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice great players at other positions because they're less important. Not that you don't want to keep them, but the market value alone is going to prohibit you from being able to keep all these guys. But also, there isn't going to be as much of a fear and anxiety attached to it of losing these guys because you know overall you're going to be okay. Having said that, that's where the draft comes in. Because if we remember anything, where did the Chiefs get Chris Jones? In the draft. Where they where did they just get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who Patrick Mahomes picked out himself? In the draft. You have to be able to structure these things in a way to where you know it's not going to last forever. And that's all right. Kent said it himself perfectly, and I actually agree with him because I tweeted it out myself, that I do believe that by, by the fifth year of Edwards-Hilaire's c- career, he could be the best running back the Chiefs have ever had. But he could also be gone. Where the Chiefs don't re-sign him yeah. because that's how it works at that position. Yeah, but it's okay back, yeah. because you have Patrick Mahomes. Now, if Clyde Edwards Lair at 26 was still really good and you had Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback, you're probably resigning him for at least a couple more years because you need him. That's what we talked about a with the value. McCaffrey. The value's different here in yeah. Kansas City when it comes to any other position because of Patrick Mahomes alone. Yeah. But with that comes pressure because you're gonna have to con- it's gonna be treated like a college team. Because you're going to have constant revolving doors around him. Tom Brady had so many teammates, not just because he played forever, but because of the fact that they had, because they know how the business works. That's where there can be similarities between the Patriots and Chiefs. Because the business side of things is always going to be that way. Guys are going to go get their money elsewhere. Now, you obviously want to retain other guys. Tiger Hill was 25 years old. Chiefs like, we got to resign this dude. Well, possibly, but there's also the Sammy Watkins situation. It took, he took a pay cut to stay here. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I think there's going to be I'm talking about guys that are already here for that sure. need to go get their money. Yeah, for They're sure. They're not going to stick I think, there's, I think there's going to be situations um, where guys do that. I think there's going to be guys that come in here come here for a one-year deal, maybe sign another one-year deal. Try to get to that Super Bowl tax. Yeah, to, yeah. They, yeah, exactly, dude. So I think that's going to be a thing, too. And we've seen it numerous times with the Patriots. We saw Randy Moss go there and try to take make a run to the championship. You know, if we can have guys on Randy Moss's type level – you know, the top-tier receivers or running backs or linebackers coming here for a one-year deal to try to go make a run. We're going to see that with this team. Did you guys hear what the, Randy Moss did say real yeah, quick? That, that, oh, that, yeah, yeah, That yeah. you would catch 30 touchdowns. I can imagine. From home. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to add to what you were saying about free agents and all that stuff. It's mm. kind of like what the Patriots did. Right. They they just relied on free agency. Let guys that, that walk was their and main, That was their main focus as to getting talent for their team. Yeah. That was – that's where they could – Bill yeah, Belichick, Belichick hasn't drafted. Yeah, for Bill shit. Belichick cannot right. draft. Right. Well, at least at skill positions. Well, that's good. Yeah, but, but he but, cannot but, draft. But yeah. they depend on guys wanting to come exactly. play for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, look, so, Cam Newton's there exactly, now. Exactly. Yeah. It happens so, all the time throughout throughout Bill Belichick's career and Tom Brady's career in New England. Yeah. They all relied on free agents wanting to go there, like Randy right. Moss, Antonio Brown. It, it was just free agents, free free after like yep. free agent after free agent. 
And, and and I think with the Chiefs, it's a little bit different because you have Andy Reid and Brett Veach who both have shown that they are able to draft good players. Mm-hmm. So you have that different situation where you don't have to rely so much on free agents, but but then you have the draft where you you know you can rely a little bit more on the draft because more like the Steelers, the you're Steelers known, drafted you're really known, well. Yeah, you're known to right. draft well. Right. So drafting well and then you know picking up one or two free agent it you're not going to you're not going to see the like the consequences as, as much as people think mm-hmm. and also like with the Patrick Mahomes contract like we can't forget that he's his contract like we're not going to see a big hit in the cap until like yeah like year 5 or year 4 or something like yeah, that cuz the cap's going to be flat and, and right I, for the next yeah, year or two cuz i think i think year 7 or year 8 his cap is at 60 million i mm-hmm. think so until until you're eight, you're, you don't have to worry about like a, a big big portion of the cap going to Patrick Mahomes. So you can still build around him and be able to pay guys and be be able to afford guys like Travis Kelsey, maybe one or two wide receivers, one de- uh, defensive player like Frank Clark, maybe bring in a safety guy. You know, just have like five six players where you can be able to pay, or four players where you you, you you're able to pay uh, pay a, a good portion of your money. Uh, until until that time comes where Patrick Mahomes is taking fifty, sixty million from from the from the cap space, mm-hmm. then that's when you you start relying so much on the draft, relying so much on the free agency. That's like, and with Patrick Mahomes, if he wins one more Super Bowl, what free agent's not gonna want to come and play for Patrick Mahomes? Right. Like like with Tom Brady after his, probably his second third uh, Super Bowl, every free agent wanted to go to New, New England. Why? Because you were more than likely guaranteed a Super Bowl championship. Or at least a trip to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So if Patrick Mahomes wins another Super Bowl, the, the 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 number of free agents wanting to come to Kansas City, it's just gonna grow and grow and grow. Oh, absolutely. And you're so. and you're 100 right about that. We saw, uh, like you said, with Sammy Watkins coming out and saying it that he shows. He's like, look, my family's good. Yeah. How much money I, do yeah, I need? How much money do I really need? And, yeah. and, and I get to stay here. And, and he yeah, he wanted the championship. I love that, and, and that's where the scenario with with Chris Jones comes into play because people are saying, well, why doesn't he do that? But see, Chris Jones is in a different that's a whole situation. Other level, man. Because Chris yeah. Jones actually has a market where I believe can make top tier money. I'm not saying and he's going to make 21 million and he's a year. A top three in his right. Position. Sammy Watkins is a wide receiver too. And wide receiver in three on almost every Chris single Jones team in the is a NFL. Top twelve, probably a top twelve player in this league. He's up there, yeah. He's absolutely he's, up there. He's an elite player. Yes. So, and he's at the prime of his career. He's twenty five years old. Like we may we we've seen uh, Chris Jones have nineteen sacks in a season. Yes. And we may have not seen the best of him yet. A, what, like 10, Aaron Donald, ten game sack streak. Yeah. Aaron, yes. Aaron, the NFL record. It's insane. Aaron Donald. Uh, is 29 now, I believe. And right. he didn't get to his best until about two years ago. Right. Now, he's mm-hmm. always been awesome. Right. But it was around 27 years old that Aaron Donald really picked up the pace. So expect that for a guy like Chris Jones. And that's why, I, again, I, I'm making peace yeah. with losing pieces like Chris Jones. Not that I, I love him. I yeah, want him to yeah, be here. Don't it sucks, see him but, go. but then, then you have players like, uh, what's his name, Willie Gay Jr., who's mm. coming yeah. in, who, who can possibly fill that... That play, not not the, not 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 necessarily the position, position but, yeah, yeah. but that you know but that play, produ- that, the production, that, the super, that superstar yeah. role, yes, the that superstar. I think yeah. he's going to be a star. I do, I really do. So yeah. I mean, you you got players who can fill in that like that superstar role yeah. that Chris Jones has. Maybe not the position. But the like the the attitude and all that stuff. You, well, especially you, a middle you, linebacker, we've needed we've needed a vocal, yes. all over and, the and place, you, reckless you hit middle that, linebacker. You hit that, like you you said that when the draft was going on, right? We need that's what a middle I wanted. linebacker. Yeah, that was my, that's what I wanted. My first pick to be was a middle linebacker, and it ended up being our second. But we went running back first. But yeah, I mean, I, 
I couldn't be happier to have a gay on this team. I think your kid's going to be an absolute stud. So. To, to bring it back full circle, I, I want to I make this loud and clear because I want to set the record straight, too, because I don't want there to be any misunderstanding or misinterpretation. I'm with Trevor 100% in the fact, and I'm sure Eddie echoes these sentiments, and you can speak out, and if you don't, I, I, I 100% believe that the Chiefs are going to continue to build a great team around Patrick Mahomes. Is it going to be more challenging in years to come? Yes. Yeah. Well, it absolutely is going Patrick to be. Mahomes but the cool thing is, yeah. the, well, the great thing is, is that two years is what you guys just spoke on with his contract. It's going to be two years before the contract even kicks in. That's yeah. where the 12 years of control right. goes in because he already had the fifth-year option with the extension to neck to 2021. So the actual monies don't even play in until 2022. Right. So we are sitting here, like and, you said, Eddie. And he, you're, not they look, can, you're only looking at like $20 million That uh, 2022 is like $21 million, I right. think. Right. So it's still not even. And he's you, still a steal yeah, at $21 million. You're looking million. at a $503 million contract, and you're only paying this dude $21 million. Well, and Patrick even said himself during, during the, the interview after the, the, or the, the, the press conference when after the signing. He even said himself, you know, when I when I looked at this contract and I, and I decided to sign a contract like this, it was solely, almost solely on the idea that I can keep keep talented yeah, players around building. me and build on that. And, and That's the whole point of him signing this long deal. I think the deal. fact that they, they like, backloaded his contract right. ma- made for the ability to come back in maybe year seven and renegotiate. That's why that I brought contract. that up to Kent, and, yeah. And that was, that was really smart on Patrick Mahomes' uh, side because – Seven years from now, maybe quarterbacks are making even more money. Yeah, they will be. So there's no question. You don't know what the cap space is going to be at. Right. And so, and another point to that, when it comes to the cap hits and the cap structure that he that we currently have right now, and the Patrick Mahomes has this agreement in place, is that by the time we reach that cap hit of sixty million dollars, like you talked about, I think it's in 2029, the cap is going to be so much higher than it is right now that that number is not going to be at the same significance that it is right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at $60 million against the cap right now, you're like, holy fucking shit, how are they doing That's that? That's a lot. But in 2029, when a cap that goes from $198 million goes to two thirty six, you're looking at a whole different ball game here. Oh, this yeah. is what we're talking about. 15 years ago, quarterbacks that made $12 million, you're thinking, holy crap, how are they figuring that out? Now you look at twelve million dollars. That's almost a backup quarterback. Like that's what we're talking about here is that, that that we are projecting so far out that we we have to slow ourselves down a little bit because it's so easy to get out ahead of ourselves and like Colin Coward says, get get a, get ahead of our skis. Like we don't need to do that right now. I'm what I want to do is simplify this situation and 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 break it down in the simplest form that we possibly can. And say, can this Chiefs team maintain this success around Patrick Mahomes, or is he going to turn into another Aaron Rodgers? We have one Super Bowl to show for earlier in his career, and then we got another decade to show nothing but. You know what? We didn't really want to get into the free agent game. You know what? This draft wasn't that important to us. He'll save us. Look, I don't want that to ever be the case here right, in Kansas City. I, I like I like what Pat McAfee said about the the whole Patrick Mahomes contract and, and, and the, the backloaded uh, situation. He was like, I'm not going to worry about the back. <laughs> let's yeah. worry. He was like, let's worry about the first five years yes. where we can still exactly. build around this yeah, guy. And then Super when Bowls, the time comes. Yeah, if you get three Super Bowls in those yeah. first five years, all the incentives that come with Super Bowl oh, championships, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much invisible money out there exactly. bro, that comes with winning Super Bowls. So. You're able so, to figure shit out when you win. When you oh, win, yeah. you're able to figure shit out. Oh, and people, yeah. play, people, like you said, free agents are going to want to come play here. And to think that SB Nation had him as a D plus, D minus draft pick. <laughs> Get fucked. Hold it. That Hold D it. Minus. <laughs> I did see that. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on this. The viewers, the the listening audience. 
Let us know what you guys think about this. You guys have 100% faith in, in Brett Veach and Andy Reid and the rest of the Chiefs organization. They're going to continue to build a winner around Patrick Holmes, or is this just kind of going to be one of those situations, again, where you have a supreme talent and you just don't really figure out a way to continue building that Super Bowl caliber type of offense? Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Mail now, we're going to the mailbag where there's always touchdowns. There's always scoring going on there. I can only imagine the characters that are waiting for us in the Monday mailbag. So, Eddie, have at it. What is in the Monday mailbag? All right. First question. Want to guess? I'm going to go with Donnie Couch. Yeah, I'm going to say Donnie Couch. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. He says, hey, guys, and my main... My main man, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Donnie, what the hell does Eddie? Do you have like an OnlyFans or something? I appreciate all the love. I want to know. What is the subscription here? We got Kent talking about Eddie's the backbone. We got Eddie H
second question from Donnie Couch. Uh, he says, "What magical move will Brett Beach do this uh, this season besides signing Chris Jones or pay Mahomes?" He's like, "I'm talking about something completely out of left field, like these uh, David Joku and Joku trade rumors." Man, that, there's there's a lot of different ways I could see that one going. Um, if I had a guess, I, I would say that you're gonna you're gonna see Brett Veach. I don't know if this is really out of left field, but I, I can see him going next in the next next draft, going heavy on skill position. Um, although they did that technically this last draft, I felt like there was a lot of meat and potatoes with it. I know I, I talked about this a lot before the draft and during the draft where they kind of got guys that are foundational pieces. I could see him doing something that I guess would be technically out of left field where they go after another type of Tyreek Hill type of player where they go out there because they need to get younger after this season. I think that they're going to do that. I think that Sammy Watkins won't be here after the 2020 season. I think that you're going to see them get younger at wide receiver and get themselves another dart type of player that's fast, elusive, and that can complement Tyreek Hill's uh, skill set. Plus, I think that with Travis Kelsey, I, my guy Kent definitely gave me some assurances on that. He definitely thinks that uh, Travis Kelsey will be here. I think that would all be uh, be another step in the right direction. I think that you see the Chiefs give Travis Kelsey an extension after the 2020 season because I do fully anticipate that Travis Kelsey is going to have an, another 1,000-yard season sure. extending his NFL record that is already still going. I, I see those two things where they go out and they get some some sweet tarts, if you will. They go and get themselves some <laughs> some candy while they go and they extend the greatest tight end in Chiefs history once it's all said and done. And I said that correctly. I don't think there's going to be anything out of left field. Um, I think they already did that with this last draft with going running back first, but being the first team to take a running back in the draft. I think that was I – I wasn't expecting that. None of us – I mean, I think you were the only one that really called them going running back. So I think for me that was kind of already the out of left field thing. Um, I, I think the next move here for the Chiefs as far as the next coming draft is to go defensive line, defensive end, because obviously with the imminent – uh, presence of Chris Jones most likely you know vacating um, that's probably going to be the first need we're going to we're going to have to go so I think it's going to be I mean, obviously we were already a championship team so after you win a championship you, what, you, what do you want is, is, is continuity you want consistency and continuity you want to continue what you're doing because you're obviously doing something right you just won the title so uh, I think going defensive end and adding more defensive line depth you know, probably with our first pick, I think would be the best way to go. If I'm looking ahead in the next coming draft or the next puzzle piece or next next free agent move or acquisition we get or whatever we get for the Chris, if Chris Jones you know gets traded or whatever, however they end up doing that with Chris Jones, we're obviously going to have a need there with him not being there. So I think if I'm looking forward for any kind of drastic move or any improvement that we're going to need to uh, to to make, it's going to be on the defensive line because I think we're pretty much good everywhere else. But I could definitely see. You know, some new new toys because adding new toys to Mahomes is always a good thing. But I think we did that in this 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 recent draft with you know with Clyde. So. Yeah, keep throwing the toys. Yeah, hey. <laughs> keep throwing the toys. He grows out of the toys. It's like Christmas. You know, you get like a new toy. You're like, oh, this is awesome. And like a month, you're like, yeah, I want something else. You know, give some, give him a new toy. I like toys. Toys are fun. Mahomes likes toys. <laughs> Does he? We're gonna move on now. Yeah, next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's, uh, next question. Has Brett Veach turned into not only one of the best, uh, if not the best, executives in football, uh, but one of the best football minds in the past 10 years for the Chiefs? One of the first uh, quotes I ever heard from Brett Veach as the Chiefs GM is when he said that Patrick Mahomes is one of, if not the greatest player he's ever seen play football. And this is before Patrick Mahomes was even the starter. 
This guy has an eye for talent like few ever have. Um, I don't want to hype him up too much because he still has to prove himself in a lot of ways. I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't have faith in him, but he's still a very young GM, and there's still a legacy to build as that GM. Do I believe that him and Andy Reid have years to come of success? Yes. I think they are the perfect marriage when it comes to GM and head coach. I think you could really put them up against any other GM and head coach duo and say they're the best pair. So... I definitely think he's putting himself in an elite category with the rest of those great GMs. I think John Schneider up there in Seattle is an incredible GM. Uh, what's his name up in uh, Baltimore is one of the best, if not the best overall GM in the NFL. I think Brett Veach, is, if he, he gets another really good draft, the Chiefs continue to build this team and going into 2021, they're, they're looking at back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. Brett Veach is definitely in the top five when it comes to executives in the entire NFL. And I say that not as a Chiefs fan. I say that as somebody with two working eyes. Yeah, I mean, the emotional fan fanatic side of me wants to say yes, absolutely, because he brought in the best thing that's ever happened here. Um, but he's also tied to Andy Reid and Andy Reid's uh, views on things and who Andy Reid likes, too, because you know the two communicate, so he kind of feeds off what Andy Reid likes as well. So it's kind of kind of tough to who to give the full credit to, whether you can give the full credit to either one of them. I think it's a combined uh, decision-making group there. But also, he Andy Reid is tied to Veach, too. So, you know, there's there's... I, I do believe in him, and I think he's trending to becoming that. I don't think he's one of the greatest yet, but I think he's trending that way. And I think the fact that he's tied to Mahomes for the rest of his career is only going to help him because it's going to make him look better as this goes on. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I definitely think he's trending that way. I think if he keeps drafting, like even with this last draft, which was great, two straight great drafts, um, keep trending that way, I think he's going to be one of the best. You know, looking back, he could be, you know, who knows? Who knows what this what's, what's going to become of this you know dynasty if this is that that's exa- if that's what forms here, uh, we could go down as the best. He could go down as the best. Andy Reid could go down as the best coach of all time. Who knows what's going to happen in this next decade? I'm excited to see it. I'm here for all of it. But yeah, he's definitely trending. Is he there yet? The critical side of me is going to say no, not yet. But I think he's he's on his on that path for sure. Uh, for Donnie Couch, he said he think he is uh, because of the way he does extensions. I haven't seen another GM do them. Uh, like this. So. Yeah, you know, Brett Veach has a really good way because that was something that John Dorsey was terrible about. Right. Is that John the Dorsey numbers. would wait until a guy would put himself in a position to where yeah. you had to pay him and you had to pay him money that you didn't want to pay him. Eric right. Berry. Eric Berry, Justin oh. Houston, same. Like, yeah. that was, that was, those were John Dorsey's mistakes. John Dorsey is one of the best. He's up there with Chris Ballard and guys like that with GMs that know talent. For sure. John Dorsey's up there. Why is John Dorsey no longer in Kansas City? Because he wouldn't see eye to eye with Andy Reid on some very particular instances, and he he had a horrible he had a horrible instinct when it came to contracts. He can build That's some why teams. he's gone. He can build Brett, some teams though. Brett Veach knows yes, Brett, but Brett Veach knows how to get those extensions. Like I said, and I love the fact that he always structures these deals like three year deals with Tyron Matthew and Tyreek Hill, so you can revisit that. And then he goes and lands the greatest contract of all time yeah. in NFL history. Like he's very versatile in his job, and he's just in his early forties too. Right. Like Brett Veach is going to be around for a very long time. This for dude sure. knows the game. He's a running back this dude knows the game so i'm very happy the the hands that we're in right now for sure man and more than just andy Reid. all right uh next question uh which uh which game would you rather see in the playoffs the pats in the afc championship cam versus pat or the bucks in the super bowl brady versus pat brady versus pat no question um not not that i wouldn't like to see cam and pat but i don't cam is not an all-time great and even though Tom Brady is no longer an all-time great as far as currently, historically he is. And the storylines of knowing that 
Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes every time they, uh, well, the, most of the time they faced. AFC Championship. And, yeah, in the AFC Championship. And yeah, now he goes to the Buccaneers. And he's got this great new talented team. And he made it to the Super Bowl. And he's 43. And then you have Patrick Mahomes, the face of the, or, the NFL, that's 19 years younger than, than Tom Brady, to face in the Super Bowl. That is, a, that is a storyline of the ages, man. You're talking about two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game at two completely different times of their careers. Like, you don't see that. Like I, I've been watching football for 30 years. I can't remember a time where you had the arguably the most... The, the, no, no, it's not arguable. The most successful player in NFL history go against the best player in NFL, the best player right now. <laughs> I'm speaking a little ahead of time. Easy, I said NFL history. But the best <laughs> player that we have, the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. I'll say that. Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Play in the Super Bowl with Andy Reid, who is continually putting himself at the Mount Rushmore of head coaches with Bruce Arians, who's never won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Like, think of all the storylines that would come through that. Like, no offense to Cam Newton. No offense to Bill Belichick. That movie doesn't interest me as much. You know what I mean? Like it's that's like the sequel of Godfather. The Godfather original. That's the one I want to see. This would be the Godfather right here. That Super Bowl happening. To answer your question, that's the one I want. Yeah, I think it's a landslide. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that in the Super Bowl and and see Patrick Mahomes get his revenge for Brady knocking him out at the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead with that heartbreaking the way we lost the way we lost that game in Arrowhead. It was it would be poetic if that happened. I mean. Tom Brady's not going to go to the Super Bowl, but it'd be cool. It'd be definitely cool to see. Um, but um, Cam would be exciting to see. I just don't want to. See, I just rather, obviously, you can't have the Patriots and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But I mean, it's, it'd be it would definitely be exciting to see those two. I, I'm, I'm excited to see that 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 Patriots Chiefs game in Arrowhead with Cam versus Pat. That's going to be just for the talent that's going to be out there. The two quarterbacks, the talent between the talent of the two. Um, but. Yeah, it was, to me, it, it's a landslide for, to see that matchup with, with, with Pat and, and Brady. So it's definitely that one for sure. So the whole, the whole for you guys, the whole Patriots versus Chiefs, it was more of a... It's not the same without Brady. It, it was a more of a Brady sure. versus Mahomes. For sure, because it, it's more of a... It was like a... It was definitely going to be a passing the torch moment if, 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 if Pat beat him in the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game. Because that's what I was expecting. You know, that was going to be... It's over. You know, he... I, I still, still, still think it's over for Brady, but... That was going to be the passing of the torch moment, you know, kind of like the Kobe when he played older MJ, kind of, you know, that kind of passing of the torch type of deal. That's what I was expecting, but I mean. Well, and still, in, in the most simplest form of the comparisons, you're talking about the Super Bowl. Right. Like, the, the prestige of that alone gets me interested in wanting to see that matchup. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, yeah, and but, with the history of Tom Brady attached. Oh, uh, but yeah, 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 but I was talking about, like, the teams that, that went, that are going up in the, in the AFC Championship, the yeah. revenge that you're looking for against the Patriots. Yeah. Pretty much, you know that's that's kind of where I'm seeing. I kind of feel like that went to bed, like when the Chiefs beat the Patriots, although it was in the regular season. Yeah, they beat them in New England. I felt like that kind of put, and we all kind of had that feeling that the Patriots are on their last leg anyway. We've also seen Alex Smith absolutely demolish the Patriots yeah. in Foxborough. I too, get that, so. but I'm saying I'm saying the yeah. narratives were yeah. heavy that oh Patrick Mahomes can't beat Tom Brady and then yeah. goes into his house and outperforms Tom well, we Brady. We know Andy Reid has had Belichick's number numerous times. So. I'm just saying, I don't feel like, I feel like if, if let's say let's say the Patriots would have beaten the Chiefs in that game, the last and last season, it was like week 13 or whatever yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. if they would have beaten the Chiefs, I would feel like there's a little bit more interest with the Patriots. Because like, man. well, can he beat Cam? He couldn't beat Brady. So let's see if he can beat Cam now. Yeah. The, the Cam's Patriots. Like that... Add some prestige to it. That could be the AFC Championship uh, game. That could be the AFC Championship game. Let's not go that far. That yet. could, okay. 
that could happen. We still got we still got like another month to, okay. to mull over that. Well, I'll let Trevor continue to think on that one for okay. a second. Those are a little soft, by the way. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, what? No sarcasm, so you guys know. He is not soft. This your man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This your man. I'm sorry, guys. Didn't mean to bring down the brand. Sis, is this your man? Didn't mean to bring the brand down. Didn't mean to bring the brand down. Nope. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's get weird. Eddie, you turn. Eddie, your turn. Oh, Billy's yeah. gonna be like, oh hell yeah! Like, <laughs> it's like now, now we're talking. <laughs> All right, uh, next question: uh, What are your thoughts on Raheem Mostert uh, wanting to be traded, and is this a bad look on the 49ers' part for not giving him just two million more dollars on his contract? Because I think the dude has earned it. It's just the reality of the situation with running backs. Yep. You know, I, uh, I, I was trying to make an adequate comparison. This week about about running backs and and really what it comes down to is that they are simply they're like paper. We still use paper, but not nearly like we did back in the eighties and nineties, where paper everything was paper. And, the, and ironically, in the eighties and nineties, the NFL ran their offense through what running backs. Like they're just it's an outdated position in totality. And Mostert, he's a good player. He's not a great player, so we can't even make the exception of saying. Well, he's so damn good. He's so elite. Maybe they should think about paying him. That's the problem. He's not even at the best of what of what he does. He's one of the guys on the team. Yeah. Debo Samuel, for Christ's sake, was arguably their best running back. He's not even a running back. That kid's a stud. He's a wide receiver. Like that's what I'm saying. Like Mostert was just one of the guys. And to be honest with you, if we're all being honest for just one quick second, Mostert's not doing. Like Trevor said in our text thread, he's not this guy, or at least. At the platform that he gets recognized in, if he played for the Bengals, if he played for a random Lions team, because he's not putting up the numbers because Shanahan's zone rush attack is so supreme and so elite that it makes be- like average running backs look good. I mean, for God's sakes, the same system they ran in Denver is what he ran. He runs now in San Francisco, which was his father's system, who made guys like Tatum fucking Bell look like a right. good running back. Right. Tatum Bell sucked. But because of the Shanahan way, it made average running backs look good. So, Mozart, I understand the frustration because it's the reality he lives in. You don't have to be happy with it. But nevertheless, it is the reality he's in, and he's just going to have to accept that, man, and make the most of his career. Yeah, the 49ers made Mostert. Mostert didn't make the 49ers. They were a revolving door the last couple years on running backs. They had guys cycling in, getting injured. He was getting injured. Matt Burrito was getting injured. Matt Burrito is the better running back, if we're being honest. He's the more athletic freak. He's extremely fast, one of the fastest guys in the league. They can have they can have new they can cycle in running backs. Running backs are just they're just not what they they're not valued nearly as much as they used to be, man. And it's just the, it's just the facts of the matter. They're they're expendable, you know, especially within a system a running you know a zone running scheme like that. You know, like I said, the Niners that system was what made Mostert because without that system, without him being on that team, no one would know who the who the hell he is, you know. So. Him wanting to demand any kind of money or demand a trade, I mean, he he could get it. I mean, you're, he's probably going to get traded, and it's probably going to happen, you know. Um, but they have no reason to pay him. There's no, I mean, I get it. You were on a good team. You made it to the championship. You made it to the Super Bowl. But there's no reason to to dish out the extra couple million for you, buddy. It's just not how you're not on that level. And he's, you know, he's not an Ezekiel Elliott. He's not a Le'Veon Bell. Even Le'Veon Bell didn't even get what he wanted. So if Le'Veon Bell's not going to get what he wanted, good luck, buddy. That's just not how it works in the NFL anymore. So. So this is not a bad look on the on the Forty Nineers. Absolutely, I don't not. think it's a bad. Honestly, I don't think it's a bad look for either one of them. I think he's wanting to get his money. You know, he was in the Super Bowl. 
He feels warranted to feel the way he feels for himself as an individual. But and the they, Niners have to do what's best for them. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's tying, that matters, tying themselves, that's... marrying themselves to, to money and, and a contract to a, a player they don't need right, no. makes no sense. Yeah. They can go get somebody out of free yeah, agency and like, he can have and almost the same production. He's not even their best. Like again, he's not even their best running Matt back. Matt Breida is their best running Matt back. Matt Breida is their best. Debo Samuel it was a far more effective. I'm just being real. Debo Samuel he was far more legit. effective at the running game. He's not even a fucking running back. So yeah. that's the point. Is that it? Just it. It does not make no one realistically is blaming the Niners. Maybe there's some rando ass 49ers fan up there in San Francisco that's upset. Yeah. But that in all totality, in all actuality, we'd all be on the same board if this was the Chiefs talking about. If he gets, some traded, if he gets traded and goes somewhere else, say he goes to like you said the Bengals or something like that, everyone's gonna forget about him. Okay, right. it's just, it's just he's just gonna fall into I mean, unless you're some diehard fantasy player and he's on your bench somewhere, watch him become an elite running And he ends up and he ends up starting for someone after they get hurt. Congratulations! I mean, I, that's about it. That's all you're gonna hear from him. So I, he's not that special of a player, to be honest. All right, cool, cool. Uh, now we're moving on to Billy Hodge. Uh, Billy. His question is: Do you think Andy will coach 12 more years? Fuck. <laughs> that's a long ass time, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. Maybe what, 70? I'm gonna say no comfortably, just because of the fact that I think the oldest head coach of all time was 71, if I'm not mistaken, at the NFL level. 71. How old is uh, the Bill Belichick is 67 no, or 68? He'll be 68 this Seattle. year. Uh, 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 Pete Carroll will be 70. Tom this Coughlin year. was how old? He's when 69, he I think. He's, Tom Coughlin? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was 65 because oh, okay. uh, he, he's. He, I think he's in his 70s now, but he hadn't been a coach in five years. Mm. Um. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say that Andy Reid. Uh, I, I don't want to say how many years he coaches. I just don't think that 12 years is gonna be realistic because he'll be 74 going into that 12th season. And not not to get too specific, but I, I can't imagine that Andy is at peak health, peak shape. So it's probably not gonna be something that he's gonna be able to physically do, even if he really wants to. Which I do believe. I, I think Andy would coach forever if he could. And I do believe, to answer your question in an odd way, I think he's going to coach for the majority of to these next 12 years. But I, I don't think he gets to the 12th year. I don't want to doubt him. I just, I just don't see it happening realistically. Yeah, standing three or four hours at a time. I mean, I know it's one day out of the week, but that, that takes a toll on your body and walking up and down the sidelines like that at 74, 75 years old. You know, I, I'm not going to say it can't happen because success and excitement and joy, that comes with winning. And That's if we continue to win... Time. But, dude, we know laughter alone, happiness, joy can add years to your life. It can bring a youthful mentality to your life. And that alone, like, like even anybody, anybody out there who's watching or anybody who's a grandpa or even a parent in general, it, it, that type of joy that you have from having those younger, that youth around you, and he's surrounded by these youthful guys you know, in, the, in, in a winning environment, that could you know, lead. But 12 years is a long time, man. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah, I think that going into your mid seventies is a whole different thing. When we, you like Lance said, we've never really seen that at the professional level or most any level really at that age. I don't know, man. I mean, if he feels like he can make a run here and, and you know and, and add to the drastic numbers to his resume and, and rack up some chips, that alone could excite him enough to stick around that long. But I'm me being critical and me being you know. The way I think, I just don't see that happening. I think there's going to be somebody that's going to take over, you know. And there's a lot of good coaches on this coaching staff that I think could be a promising prospect to take the reins. Kafka. Kafka is definitely one of the guys, you know. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to say no, but I could see it maybe 10 years. Mm. 10 years, I think it could, it could be possible. But 12, is a, that's a stretch, man. Mm. So, 
Yeah. All right. Uh, last question from uh, Billy Hodge, uh, and the last question: Can you guys explain how the salary cap really works? Uh, no, because no one can. It's <laughs> not real. No, look, it, it's funny money, man. Like that's that's a that's a real thing. Uh, the cap is. Look at the Rams of of 2019 going into the 2019 season. Yeah, we're we're sitting here, and it's like every five minutes they're signing some free agent veteran for seventy million dollars. Like I don't know how they did it. <laughs> That's the point. Like, teams like that are going to show you. But see, here's the thing. Just because you can get away with it doesn't mean you should go that down, go down that avenue because you're you're essentially screwing your future. And if we know anything, like, again, the Chiefs are on this whole run-it-back tour, which I believe that is their goal. But they don't want to put themselves in a position to where they literally can't get themselves and finagle themselves out of a 2023 cap situation, a 2024 cap situation to where you're basically sacrificing years and seasons of Patrick Mahomes' career. You can't have that happen. So I I can't explain it to, to anybody because I can't even, if I read it right now and say, this is how a cap is broken down, you can't do it because it's different for each and every team. Each and every team handles the cap differently. All I can say is in the simplest form, is that a cap is built to basically create competitiveness across the league. If you look at baseball and the MLB, why do we have the same five to six teams winning on a normal basis? And I'm not saying all the time because there is parity to baseball to a certain degree, but that's the level of difficulty in baseball that creates that. But if you look at the teams that have the majority of the stars, where are they at? East Coast and West Coast. Why? Because they have not only the large majority of population, their TV contracts are fucking insane. Go look at the Yes Network's annual a- annual income, their revenue streams for the Yankees. It is incredible. They alone can pay for their salaries. That's how it works in baseball. Football, shared revenue streams, caps, because they want the league, league-wide to be competitive on a consist- consistent basis, which is no coincidence as to why every single game on, on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays are relevant. It can be the Jets versus Browns, and our asses are watching it. Are you watching the Marlins versus the Rangers? No, because nobody cares about those teams. But I want to see Baker Mayfield, and I want to see Sam Darnold, because we care about football league-wide. It's because of the cap structures, because they keep it interesting by not letting guys just hop on teams left and right unless they're taking significant pay pay, uh, decreases in salary. Yeah, there's a lot of money out there. And as soon as you think we, we know how it works and as soon as we think you've got it figured out and we can have a two-hour discussion about it, 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 all of a sudden it changes again and things happen that we could, didn't think could happen. And it's, just, it's, a, it's kind of a – it's like the Bermuda Triangle, man. I don't, you know, things appear and disappear. Players emerge and somehow they, have, they make room for a player where you never thought it was possible. It's just I, – I, I'm not the proper guy to sit here and try to explain to you how the cap works. Uh, so no, but yeah. I'd like to hear more about the Bermuda, Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Let Triangle, yeah. Um, Let's hear about that, Trevor. You, you seem to know about it. Let's do it. Yeah, I've been there. I made it back. Um, so it's not I, real. I swapped souls with someone who was there. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> no, I'm just saying the, mis- the, the mystery of it all has you know you think you know about it, but you you don't. That's that's kind of my point. The analogy. Yeah, we got something. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, I just want to say shout out to Brian Herbert. You guys have someone that apparently found you guys through Shaggy Shane. Uh, of course, Shaggy and everybody has been very active in the chat tonight. Um, but he is a brand new subscriber. 
day one. This is day one, hour one, I'm pretty sure. Going on, um, and he is ready to be number two fan of the Spoken Podcast. Number because two. apparently Billy and Donnie Couch are both vying Clamoring for number, number one. one. Position. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's fully prepared to so be number two. So he's like accepting two. being number yes. two. Yes. He's, he he subscribes on every way possible. <laughs> he's all in on this. Should we put our Venmos out there so we can see who's, who's going to pay the most? <laughs> I <laughs> think you're just trying to build a platform for your only fans at this point. And I don't know if that's well, it. If you want to be number two, man, give us number two money. Yeah, show yeah. us your nipples. Except the silver. Yeah. Is, that, is that what it is? Whoa, whoa. Number two, like, number two guy, number two? <laughs> I mean, if you're down. All right, Eddie. No, hey, shout go. out. Seriously. <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what was his name? I apologize. Brian Herbert. Brian Herbert, shout out to you, brother. Thank you so much for subscribing. We appreciate Hopefully, we don't drive you away with much our crazy-ass takes. But we, we definitely appreciate you, man, uh, being a part of this. Thank you, and uh, welcome to the family, man. And, and, and feel free to chime in. Uh, that's why we have our mailbag. That's why we have the live stream, so you can chat on here as well. You can meet some new people. I mean, we we have lifelong friends. Maybe you'll now. find love. Who knows? <laughs> you never know who needs tender when you got the spoken. No, I mean, we've had this. We've had the the group now since December of 2010. Yeah. We're going on 10 years now, and we have lifelong friends that we wouldn't have met otherwise unless we started this and, and, and had this thing going. And now that we're doing a show where you guys can tangibly see us, and we're talking, and we're giving you guys our thoughts and opinions, and we're asking for you in return, we're, we're building friendships. So, man, Brian, welcome to the family, brother. I, I really appreciate you being here and taking the time on your, your Friday night when you could be doing literally anything else. And you're hanging out with us, man. Thank you so much. And Shaggy, you know I love you, my brother. I appreciate you bringing people to our platform. Now they're fighting over who's Eddie's number one fan. I'm kind of grossed out. Oh, uh, now this is like, a good one. Eddie, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm get your hose, disturbed. Eddie. Get, yeah, get, get up in the line, Eddie. Get your hose under no, control, Eddie. We need, like, start, we need to do a poll. Let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. I'm going to go with Billy, but Donnie's been really making a case lately. Uh, yeah. He's been really making Kent, Kent's on there. Shit, Kent, Kent Swanson's right. on Kent there. Swanson. Kent was, you know, glossing Eddie earlier, man, talking about how you just can't get enough of you, man. Oh, like man. you, you got something going on with our people, man. I need to know what the hell you're doing. Kent, maybe, are you going behind Kent, our back? Kent made me sweat earlier today. So I <laughs> I yeah, well, I couldn't stand up. So top that, Eddie. Is there infidelity going on? Yeah, that, you're, you're, you're seeing other groups, aren't you, Eddie? I'm confused, man. <laughs> you asshole. They're literally uh, fighting over number one fan spot. So congratulations, Eddie. Thank you're, you. you're a wanted Thank man, you. Eddie. You're, you're sexy. If only the ladies liked you like that, you know? Right. <laughs> Let's try to transition that. <laughs> We got anything else in the mailbag? That is it, man. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate you guys uh, chiming in. Every single Monday, we post that to the group. Any debate, any discussion, any topic, anything you're thinking about in the world of sports, man, hit us up. I mean, shit, we've even talked about toothpaste on the mailbag. Let's, let's talk Too many let's times. talk stuff. I mean, obviously, let's keep it a little more sports centric, but we like to get weird every once in a while. That's so, a quarantine th- mailbag. Yeah, quarantine. <laughs> 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 Let me do a post quarantine mailbag. Like, yeah. what did you do in the We're time of lockdown? Here. We're limited. Guys, we got one thing left to do tonight. Do you guys know what that was called? I forgot the segment's called. What's it going on? I think it's called... Hold This L! KC Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City. Shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. It's time to hold this L. 
I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> Le who? The her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J style. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Uh, hold Sorry. this L. Yes. It is time to hold this L. Every single week, what we like to do is finish off the show by handing out some friendly L's. Or not so friendly L's. Sometimes we're a little personal. Trevor makes it a little depressing, but we still have fun regardless. Chicken Killer was a uh, gas uh, last week with uh, Jay Cutler. Eddie, you definitely missed out on that one. I can't wait to hear the new version, the 72nd edition of Hold This L. Eddie, let's start with you. Who is holding right. nails for you this week? I'm, I'm going uh, to towards the Formula One. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Red Bull Racing Team. Uh, last weekend was uh, opening weekend for Formula One, and the expectations for Red Bull were so high due to Ferrari's lack of uh, engine power. Uh, so they, they were, and they're home, you know, they're, they're in their home race. So the expectations were uh, a one-two finish. Uh, the expectations were, you know, just out there, and they had the car to to to, to win the race. But the first uh, Max Verstappen had to retire because uh, car failure, uh, his uh, uh, mechanical issue. Uh, then towards the end. Uh, Alex Albon uh, was hit by Lewis Hamilton, so the bad luck struck again. Uh, Red Bull missed out on on getting an, any any good solid points this this that weekend. Being the home team, being that this was uh, uh, something that they were hyping up so much, saying that that Red Bull was going to shock everybody this season and, and everything, and it just started like with a horrible, horrible bad 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 start. So. For me, that that's good enough for for holding an L. So Red Bull Racing Team, you're gonna have to hold, hold this L. L. Trevor Twidwell, who's um, holding L for you, man? Mine's gonna go to. I know we love the NBA and what they've been doing lately, um, but the NBA and Adam Silver are actually gonna have to hold an L because uh, with the whole. I know you all heard about the they're them allowing players to use a a social uh, injustice slogan or or uh, you know. A set of words in the back of their jerseys instead of their name, you know, for those players who wanted to do that. Um, but there was a few players that were coming, or a, a, new, a number of players that were coming out complaining about it because they, or a lot, most of the players weren't even allowed to really make a custom one, you know. So the, I guess the NBA had had like a, um, a set of ones that they can choose from. I find that just a little unappetizing I guess if you would for the players because you think that they would let the players kind of I mean I understand if you're you're not gonna allow a player to go out there wearing kill whitey or something on the back of his jersey I get that but letting them kind of have their own say of things you know instead of having like these stock words that they can choose from you know BLM or you know I can't breathe or something like that like those are obviously they're, they're gonna be using those but I think um a couple of the Celtics players and a few other players were coming out talking about how they didn't like the, the options that they had to choose from I just think it's a little funny that they're gonna like kind of you know kind of control what they can and can't say you think this would be an opportunity for the nba to be like you know what you guys pick whatever you want to say you say i mean as long as it's 
you know able to be put on TV. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, like I said, no, yeah, yeah, not not nothing crazy. I think they should let that be an open thing for these players. You know, I think this would be a perfect time for the NBA to do that, but they didn't. They kind of made it like you know, you got these stock, you know, choice. You get this choice that we put out there for you to or choose. Or at least from. don't say that you're going to let the players pick whatever they right, want. which they're not really doing exactly. That, you know, so it's kind of a bad look in a way. It's kind of like a backhanded compliment type of deal where. You know they they're they're acting like they're giving these players the freedom to do that, but they're the ones that sh- that chose the list. Yeah, it's kind of like okay, Adam Silver. You know, I, I I get it. You're being progressive, but that's not really fully progressive. It's like a kind of like a, they're putting a veil over our eyes, like making it look like they're being extremely progressive, but they're not really letting these guys choose what they want to say. They're giving you a choice off this piece of paper with a list of things that they can say. So I, I can see that where that kind of like turned some of these players off to where they couldn't really say what they wanted to, whichever individual message that they wanted to put on there as an individual. So NBA, Adam Silver, I understand what you're trying to do, but you're going to have to do me a favor and hold, hold this, this L. L. I got two L's to give out tonight. And, I, and I, it's because I simply just could, I couldn't, I couldn't decide between either one because they both are so different, but they are so necessary. Um, so Marcellus Wiley last off last season uh, was was asked the question on Speak for Yourself, the show that he's on every single day. Uh, which quarterback? Essentially, the question was, which quarterback would you rather take, Lamar Jackson and or, or Patrick Mahomes? That was the question. He, he took he took Lamar Jackson, and he basically just tried to discredit Patrick Mahomes for all the r- reasons that I, I, I'm, not, I'm still not understanding as far as because he has a supporting cast, which Lamar Jackson clearly does. In fact, you can make the case has an even better supporting cast. Uh, There's a bunch of words being said. There's a bunch of word salad, basically. And so I brought that video back up this week, and I added Marcellus Wiley. I was like, hey, you guys remember when uh, Marcellus Wiley uh, chose Lamar, Lamar over Mahomes? Not 15 minutes later, Marcellus quote tweets my tweet and says, and I still would, with the little... You know, quiet emoji with a hundred after that. Yeah, and and I and I'm puzzled because super cool. I understand that certain guys in the media have to take certain positions to con, you know contrive controversy because that gets us talking. What are we doing right now? So there there could be some act to it. I don't believe that about Marcellus because I don't think anybody would be that willing to make themselves look that that foolish to just make a stand outside of Skip Bayless, of course. Well. And Marcellus is not the guy that normally takes that type of approach. And in all actuality, there are times Marcellus has some pretty educated takes. Absolutely. He's from the league. Right. This dude played nine years in the NFL. Dude knows the game. Yeah. So that's why it makes it even more puzzling that not only would he initially say that, but then would double down on it after Patrick Mahomes just had two of the most unprecedented seasons in NFL history. Lamar is a good football player. In fact, he's great. Patrick Mahomes is the the most transcendent quarterback we've ever seen. Sorry, but there's no debate here. If I remember correctly, I remember Marcella saying uh, that Lamar's legs are so good that it overcompensates for as good as Patrick Mahomes. Which is fucking stupid. That's unbelievable. What's the job of a quarterback? Like I've said this before, Mahomes is better at doing what quarterbacks are supposed to do, which is throwing the football. That kind of matters more. Lamar is insanely, insanely great. He's athletic as hell. You can give him all the praise. I'm not even trying to take away from Lamar. No. But if we're going to be factual for a second. This is not better. When does it matter the most? When does it matter the most? Playoffs. The playoffs. 
How about we compare some stuff with the playoffs oh, for Patrick yeah. Mahomes and Lamar Jackson? That the How about year, the fact that Patrick Mahomes has more rushing touch or just as many rushing <laughs> touchdowns in the playoffs in his playoff career than Lamar has touchdowns, period? Yeah, yeah. In fact, Lamar Jackson is so good at running, he has zero rushing touchdowns in this playoff career. <laughs> and he has a 64 completion percentage, I'm sorry, 54% completion percentage in the in his playoff career in the NFL. Has choked not once but twice in his playoff career. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes is on the projector, trajectory to have the greatest playoff career in NFL history. Already has 16 total touchdowns it, in five, five playoff games. It took Tom Brady... Twice as many games to get to that touchdown total. Tom Brady, who is considered the greatest quarterback of all time in most people's eyes. Mm. This isn't a comparison. Lamar Jackson's awesome. Patrick Mahomes has transcended. Marcellus Wiley, do me a favor and hold this L. Got one more, guys, and this is way different. Way different. But it still has to do with Patrick Mahomes, believe it or not. What is it? Since we were kids, I can't speak for previous generations. But obviously, in the last 20 to 30 years, sports has become so much more monetary, where guys are making generational wealth. We're seeing that constantly. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, when I was growing up, I was always told, because I was left-handed, people always try to get me to pitch, and I was fucking terrible at pitching. I was horrible. Shut up, Trevor. I was horrible at pitching. But people wanted me to pitch because they knew that's where what? The money was, right? You need to get your kids in baseball because that's where the money's at. We've heard that our entire lives. That day is over. Because now Patrick Mahomes has the the highest grossing contract in American sports history. And it's not even close anymore. (laughs) It's by almost $80 million in differences from Mike Trout's contract. It's insane. It's insane. And it's in football. And it's so funny. I tweeted this out the other day. I said, it's it's so funny to me that Patrick Mahomes passes up on playing baseball to play football and still yeah. gets paid like a baseball player. Yeah. Those days are gone. Because now what we're going to see, I don't believe we're going to see a, a Patrick Mahomes type of contract with the years and totality. Again, I think that you're going to see guys, though, making $45, $50 million a year very soon in the NFL. Which means what? The money's where the NFL is. It's no longer baseball. So that mindset and the people that have said that for so long that baseball is where the money's at, I need you to do me a favor as well. Join Marcellus Wiley with me and hold this L. Because that those days are done. Those days are done, man. They over. It's only one contract, though. Just it's the beginning of it is what I'm saying. It's a revolution. It's, it's the, the beginning, beginning of a revolution. It's the beginning. Because you know what's going to happen? Dak Prescott's going to get him 35 to $40 million a year. Deshaun Watson's getting $40 million a year. Lamar Jackson's getting $40 million a year. Uh, and the next great quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, whoever it's going to be in five years, is going to get another contract that's $40-plus plus million. Watch. Joe Burrow, maybe. Who would have thought? We didn't think that Patrick Mahomes would get $500 million. Did you think he was going to get half a bill? Yeah. No, I didn't. I, I was thinking two, $300 million tops. He almost doubled that. Yeah. Those days are gone. It's no longer baseball where the money's at because baseball's trying to fuck themselves even more. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even COVID that was keeping them back from playing. It was fucking money, ironically. Money. Episode 72 was an absolute blast. We uh, obviously have new subscribers, new watchers, new new uh, viewers. This is what it's about. And I, I appreciate Ken Swanson. I appreciate Gat and Clay and all the guys and everybody that's 
helping keep this thing together, man, because it is this is what I look forward to each and every week. I know Trevor feels the same way. Eddie's got himself a fucking fan club, so of course you know he feels the same way. Glad so you, glad you made it back from camping. Yeah, Eddie, thank, thank you. you for making it camping just thank enough you. for your fan club to appreciate thank you, because otherwise we wouldn't have half our viewing audience, apparently. They sincerely yeah. missed you, Eddie. You. Yeah, we, yeah, we all, you. you know, half the fucking thank you, globe. Thank you. <laughs> so in that... We thank you guys for for hanging self with us tonight, man. It's been an absolute blast like it is every single week. 73 is going to be here before we know it. We're going to be talking Chiefs football again. We're going to be talking NBA playoffs because after next week, yes, basketball's sir. back. Basketball's back in two weeks, guys. Could not be more excited about, well, so we think it's going to be back, so we'll see. But hopefully our bubble doesn't pop, if you know so what I mean. Boy. But until then, until then, you guys enjoy this episode. If you didn't get to listen to it live... Definitely listen to it on the podcast. Follow us all on Twitter at The Spoken Pod. Join our Facebook group. But until then, for, for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, for Mrs. Gat, for Clay Windler, for all of our new subscribers, this is Lance Twidwell saying, episode 73 of The Spoken Podcast is out, and we are out of this bitch. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoke. I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit. Me 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 me, but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nietzsche.